0: Are you ready? Power.
1: You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth!
2: What we've got here is failure to communicate. I'm building an alliance. God bless the internet. Okay, let's party. It's showtime
0: it's time for the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier Jaden, dkm and jay cal what is up party people this is oh wait i've got too much stuff in front of my microphone what's going on here this is the alliance guys podcast a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. My name is Jake Howlett. Handsome gentleman sitting next to me would be none other than the DKM. Welcome to the show, Mr. Devin K. Mercer.
1: Greetings and salutations and other big words that mean hello. It
0: looks like you're repping a Batman shirt today. Is that uh, that true? Yeah, let's see. Like every day, like you're, live every day like you're Batman. Love it. My shirt is a throwback to uh the old hashtag NWA fam.
1: Keep your face covered, that's nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you sound like my wife. Get out of here. <laughs> that was a terrible Rodney Dangerfield impression. Hey, we've very, got six- very <laughs> terrible. <laughs> You've heard worse.
1: I've probably done worse, but you know. <laughs> you don't know, respect I tell you. Is- Nervous booked at all. All my wife argue. All me and my wife argue. Do is argue. Suck some money. Suck some money. I go, dear, you're charging me too much.
0: <laughs> Yikes! We have a broadcaster out here in California, whose name is Vic the Brick Jacobs, and he is metamorphosized over the years into like a real life like. Tibetan caveman. He his beard is like as long as his hair, which is equally like to the bottom of his back. He looks like a caveman, but his old catchphrase used to be uh his name was Vic the Brick. They'd say, You see the brick? Now eat it. And sorry, that was just a bunch of a waste of time to wait for people to join the show so that they don't miss any of the good content. We get the crappy content out first. Therefore, you have nothing but good content when everyone else is in the chat. Was oh, is, is that what happens? Uh, I mean, it might. I don't know. I see Willie Bowen's here, and I see Jeremy's here, wrestling with the MMA. What's up, gentlemen? Thanks for tuning in. I know we've got other people here in the chat. Don't feel obligated to speak if you don't want to. You don't have to type a single thing. But yes, we are. would love to. We would love to hear what you have to think. We love to hear your guys' opinions. Uh, this is a very interactive show, uh, but you are allowed to be as, uh, as personable as you choose.
1: No, if I have to be here and talk, so do you.
0: I see Dave Scooby's in the house. James H. Jackson is in the house. And uh, yeah, we do appreciate you guys liking and sharing these videos. Obviously, that helps with the algorithm. Um, And now we've got three shows every week right here on this channel. Not to mention the occasional uh, interview, the sessions with J-Cal that I do uh, whenever I have a good guest. But also we do the pre-party every Tuesdays at, uh, what's the time? At uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, and that's uh, 2 o'clock Pacific. And then the other Alliance guys join these airwaves on Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. And of course, the granddaddy of them all. Fourteen seasons, thirty episodes. Mister DKM and myself, sometimes joined by uh, Jaden, sometimes joined by Kevin Frazier. Hell, sometimes joined by Tim from NWA Gold. Sometimes joined by Jeremy from uh, Wrestling with MMA. We, we we do it all here, folks. And that will be the uh, Alliance Guys Podcast. Oh, it's not the show. And I see, hey, I see our pal Jim, Jim, Jim Fitz. We interviewed Jim. Remember? Or maybe I you were there. I was there. You, you didn't there? talk, but I was there. Well, you didn't need to talk. Yeah, that's true. You're just
1: looking cute enough for me.
0: Well, you're you're the eye candy. I see Roswell's in the house. We've got our first Tyrus slam of the night from Willie Bowen. Tyrus, the toilet stool breaker. <laughs> that can go like two or three different ways. I love it. Thank you, thank Willie. You make me laugh. You.
1: So there I was minding my own business like I normally do when Willie made a tire joke and
0: Rosville's listening at work. Thanks. Hey Roz, appreciate you listening, man. Uh go get that. Go earn that dollars. Go chase that paper. I know uh I know that you're you're up to, to doing good things. So <laughs> uh let's see, let's see. Uh I see, you know what? The comments pop up faster on YouTube than they do on the uh on StreamYard, which is hilarious because it's like I'm trying to keep up and Anyways, so,
1: uh, I I don't get that part. Ooh, yes.
0: So anyways, uh, first of all, I was listening to the other Alliance guys yesterday and they were talking about the significance of, uh, what's going on between Billy Corgan, William Patrick Corgan, the owner of the national wrestling Alliance. And of course, uh, our very own uh, number one favorite wrestler here on the Alliance guys podcast. I'm talking about the national treasure, the dealer, Mr. Our biggest supporter. Yeah. He is our biggest fan actually. And so, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, they were kind of discussing it, does this have value to the NWA? And in the chat, I responded, you know, we are just a few days removed from Vince McMahon, retiring from his day-to-day operations in the WWE it was announced just on Monday that Triple H would not only be the head of talent relations, but also now the head of creative for the WWE going forward. We're, we're walking into SummerSlam this weekend, uh, talent, uh, uh, talent uh, engagement. What is it called? The trainees are, they're, they're trying out uh, in Nashville right now. There's so much stuff going on with the WWE and there's so much news coming out of AEW. Like, You know, Brian Danielson coming back and CM Punk, uh, you know, being very uh, outspoken like he always is. There's so much pro wrestling stuff happening right now. And there is a small part of the the fan base talked about William Patrick Corgan and Nick Aldis. And again, people are saying, well, this is a non-story. But people are talking about it, so it does have to have some value. It's getting people to, at the very least, examine what's happening in the NWA, and there's got to be some value in that. DK, what are your thoughts? Not necessarily on what's happening, but the fact that people are talking about the NWA.
1: Well, first I have a riddle for you.
0: Let's hear it.
1: What what do you call a person that's head of creative and... Uh, head of uh, talent relations.
0: Uh, the guy who's in charge?
1: Uh, the booker. Uh. <laughs> that was the old booker position. So, you know. Okay. It just seems strange now to hear people people talk about it and go, oh, I don't know if those two positions are compatible. They're compatible for years and years and years, but oh well. uh, Corgan Corrigan, Aldous. Okay, we're going to look at this from two points of view. First my point of view. I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> now now we're gonna look now we're gonna look at it from the point of view that you were talking about. Is it getting people talking? And I would say for an NWA angle, and I think by now we're all pretty well convinced it's an angle, at most a work shoot, you know, uh There may be tension between them, but they're turning it into a storyline. You know, anything that gets it, anything that gets any group that's not normally talking about the NWA, talking about the NWA is pretty good. If they can get them to actually tune in and watch something, it'll be better. Uh, I don't know. This is where... this is where their TV tapings kind of hurt them. And so we'll talk a little bit about that as when we review the shows. But uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> if, if they could have good follow-up on the shows, it would be better. But at least, you know, this is going to be relevant to the, to the 74th. Although I, they kind of need to put all this somewhere quickly.
0: Well, yeah, I think the the biggest challenge is right now, right, is that you don't with with what's the end game, right? So, like, okay, people are talking about the NWA, but what is the end game? Um, because we know Billy Corgan is not going to be stepping into a professional wrestling ring to have a match. Um, we've said it hundreds of times on this show. Like, you know, I don't want to see Joe Galley wrestle Nick Aldis. I don't want to see Tom Latimer wrestle Kyle Davis. I just want the wrestlers to wrestle each other and the announcers and ancillary talent to just do their damn jobs. Right. So I don't want to see Billy Corgan in a ring. So either he's going to have to appoint somebody to be his, you know, his champion against Nick Aldis, or this feud needs to end relatively quickly. Um, What does this do for the audience? I mean, look, uh, some of the things that Nick Aldis has been saying, I'm 100% on board with. I agree with him. Um, Some of the things that Billy Corgan is saying, again, I kind of agree with it. Uh, it, there's, There's a lot of chicanery going on there in the NWA. There's some things that make a lot of sense and some things that just don't. We talk about that every week on this show. And if you're telling me that as a promoter, as a booker, that you are uh, above uh, above ridicule or above criticism, uh, well, you're probably in the wrong industry. You know, we might all armchair quarterback this thing every chance we get, but at the end of the day, there is still some goofy shit that the NWA is putting out there. I can give you a list of it. Uh, first and foremost, Gags the Gimp. Anything to do with Father James Mitchell. Um, there's a lot of stuff on this show that just doesn't pass the sniff test for pro wrestling in 2022 but with that being said you know nick aldis does overstate so much uh, there's people um, there was memes out there saying that oh yeah Aldous sold out the uh <laughs> the uh all-in pay-per-view before he was even announced on it like, i kind of get that feeling he he brags about uh you know going to china But you know what, Dave Marquez would have taken any wrestler out there. You know, if if Colt Cabana would have been world champion, he would have been happy to take Colt Cabana and an opponent to be named. Or if it was Eli Drake, he would have that match still would have happened. Nick Aldis didn't change that. That 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 match wasn't booked on or predicated on who was holding the belt. It was just that the belt was there, and um, and and uh, you know, as, as we look at it. Um, there's a lot of overstatements, I think, of what Nick Aldis was able to do. At the end of the day, look, I I feel like Nick Aldis doesn't need the NWA, right? But the NWA doesn't need Nick Aldis. However, with that being said, I feel like they're both stronger when they're working together. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't know how this benefits the NWA. I don't know how this is going to translate into buys for the pay-per-view. I don't know how this is going to make more people... Uh, sign up for the premiere live events or or sign up for the fight tv premium package. That's where I see I don't see where this makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's you know the only interest for somebody like me early on was is it is it real or is it not? And I think now that we know no matter what, it, no matter how real it may be, it's obviously a work situation. Then you're just kind of like, okay, so what are you going to do with it? I mean, I, I don't need the two of them arguing with each other over Twitter anymore or making comments. Where's the story? Where's the angle? What's going to happen? I mean, when's the 74th? August what? August 27th and 28th. Okay, so we're still a month away, so, I mean, they got time, but hopefully they won't draw this out until, you know, August 22nd.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and then, as I mean, as our pal James mentions in the chat, the only people having these discussions are, are, are us, not casual fans. And to that I say I'm not so sure about that. And the reason why I say that is – Busted Open, which predominantly covers WWE and AEW, I mean, they don't even do a whole lot of impact talk, to be honest with you. They seemingly ignore uh, anything dealing with United Wrestling Network. They very rarely touch on MLW, if at all. Uh, but occasionally, d- they do bring up the NWA. And they've now dedicated two segments of over 20 minutes of time for for this gimmick this this work this shoot whatever it is and and i think the other part of this that i'm a little exposed a little concerned about is that i don't want them to work themselves into a shoot you said that the other day offline dk and i that becomes increasingly more of a concern of mine is that they're going to keep working this and they're going to end up putting themselves at odds in real life if they're not already
1: yeah, I mean, you got to be careful with the overall thing. I mean, the the trick to anything is you do this to make money, right? You know, Bobby, Heenan always had one of my favorite lines that he, he said came from a uh, gorilla monsoon, which is you bet. You know, if you're in this, you better be in this business to make money because if you're not, you're an idiot. And, uh, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, these people have passion and they have it. I don't care. It better be in it to make money. Because if you ain't in this to make money, then you don't care what the crowd is.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, the, the, you, you can run in front of 40 people every week, month, six months, whatever, that you want to put on a show to prove that you're passionate. They don't mean nothing if you ain't making money, if you're not drawing people. I don't care that you've worked, you know, 100 shows because you work two days every week or whatever. I don't care. Did you draw anybody? Did anybody see you? When, if you're working the same place, were there more people at the end of the year than there were at the beginning of the year? Because if not, so what?
0: Yeah. And then, that's a that's a good point, too. And, and like our pal Dave Scooby just said in the chat, he says, getting some exposure on busted open radio, uh, but is that enough to hook fans into watching? In my opinion, not so much.
1: Well, only if you have a story that fans are interested in. Now, they've laid a groundwork that's interesting. Billy and Alda's not getting along, and neither one of them really being the faces in it. They both kind of come across as pricks. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're already lacking one thing, which is we don't have anybody to cheer for. So I mean, there's a there's a failing there. Getting Adam busted, open. I mean, that's good. And yeah, I think there are people outside of the normal band, but I think all they're saying is, "Wow, Billy and Nick don't like each other, huh?" What are they get, doing to say, tune in? Right. You know, let's be honest, if this were to play anywhere, and again we have T their TV taping schedule that just screws them over time and time again, I mean, they should be putting things on USA. Yeah. On NWA USA. I mean, billion if, if the work nature of this, Billy and Aldous should have come in someplace for a day and with uh kyle davis and shot however many episodes of usa there are between here and between here and uh, the pay-per-view where they basically had their own segments in the back in the back and uh and then you can build it and then you just reshow those on power you know, you don't even need new ones for power. You can just re-show those on power.
0: Yeah, yeah, and no,
1: then, I, I get then, that. And then, and then I have something to go. Ooh, I saw this on Busted Open Radio. I can follow it on USA. There can be, you know, USA will promote other parts of power. Maybe I'll be interested in looking at that. Hey, I'm interested in the paper view. Guess what? I can get the subscription for about the same price as buying both pay-per-views. Let me go ahead and subscribe. I'll give this thing a year and see how it goes. And if I only watch the two pay-per-views and, you know, a month of TV, I've made my money. Yeah. And so they've they've thrown the bait into the water, but is there a hook attached to it? And that's the part I don't know.
0: I don't. Uh, again, these are all great points. And, and uh, you know, as I'm sitting here, we're talking about this. And we think about, you know, USA. We think about power. And just based on their YouTube numbers, right? Like, uh, you know, the Race for the Chase uh, finals that was last week's power had over o- almost 40,000 people watch that, right? Uh, Saturday's show with the Junior Heavyweight Showcase, 16,000 people watched it. You know, uh, the, the week before, Tyrus on USA had 23,000 people watch that episode. And I'm like, I, I look at these numbers and I think, wow, that's, that's great. But then, you know, I went to Mexico and videotaped a wrestling match on myself or on my, uh, on my digital camera and uploaded it to YouTube. And it had over 40,000 people watch just a random Lucha Libre match from a promotion that's not very well known, The Crash. And and my my one my one match uh, is pretty much on par with some of the better segments, better shows of Power. You know, hour long episodes. I had a fifteen minute match. Um, there's got to be some sort of convergence if you are bringing if you're having these conversations on these podcasts, on these uh, satellite radio shows, on these FM radio stations that they uh, allude to on the uh, episode of Power. It's got to, It's got to convert ticket sales, T-shirts, money generating endeavors, and and right now when you're looking at like last week's USA only had sixteen thousand people watch it. Now granted, it's only uh, it's only Thursday night. It's not even a week old, but only sixteen thousand people watched it. You know how much? How can they converge on that? How, how many? You know how is this angle going to put money in anybody's pocket? you know, let's
1: be honest. Probably eighty percent of the people who are going to watch the show watch it within the first three days. Yeah, you know, uh, I actually, I'm trying to do better watching the shows on the day they come out, so I don't have to cram and feel bad on Thursdays. But uh,
0: I still cram. Sorry, guys. That's
1: okay. We'll we'll punish you for it later.
0: Um, James says, "You know, wow. Let me tune in and see what Corgan does to this. Uh, James also brings up, I've never listened to busted open before, uh, before this stuff. So it did its job to get me to become a fan of busted open, which I mean, that's, that's kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't think that's what the NWA was hoping for, but I'm sure the busted open doesn't mind. Um, I'll be honest. I've
1: never listened to it.
0: You know, um, my wife bought me a truck last year for father's day that had satellite radio in it. Uh, I had heard a lot about busted open, but never actually listened to it before. And, uh, it's actually a pretty good program. What's, what's really weird about it is, uh, so they, so when Billy came on, it was the day after, uh, Mickey James Aldis is a, is a co-host on that show too. She appears on Wednesdays. So she wasn't there when Billy came on and kind of, you know, put down her husband and even listening to her talk about it, she was tiptoeing around, you know. She kept saying how much she has love and respect for uh you know, William Patrick Corgan for, you know, allowing her to, you know, see her husband make his living there and having opportunities to promote the empowered pay-per-view and all that stuff. But even she was just like it seemed like in a very uh unfavorable position. The host of this show, Dave LaGreca, uh, is obviously a uh Nick Aldous Mark. And I don't mean that in a negative sense, but he just absolutely adores the guy. And uh you could hear he even told Billy, he's like, I think you're making a bad decision based on emotion. And later, when all this came on, referred to it as a bullshit decision. So it's certainly splitting, uh, you know, some of the uh, people who enjoy the product. Uh, but again, our, how does it make dollars?
1: Like I said, is there a hook attached to the bait?
0: I just don't know. And and Tim Tim brings up the fact of even if there is hook under this bait, I feel like we've seen this promoter versus the top star angle somewhere else before.
1: Oh, we've seen it lots of places before. Because obviously, you know, WWE made a living off of it for 30 years and then beat it to death like they did everything else. And then you know, impact did it. Uh every indie promotion on the planet did it. And so not my, and the problem is though, most of those were heel promoters versus, versus face stars. And like I said, with this, you don't really have a face. You can just have, to, you have two guys that come across as pricks, <laughs> which is why. So in it, I'm almost willing to bet that the person that whether it's at the 74th or not, that ends up representing Corgan is going to end up being probably, uh, uh, Cardona because they seem to have been setting up Billy and Cardona as best buds for a while. Uh, you know, Billy go back, take your own advice and, you know, only show up when we need a, authority figure to show up and make the right
0: decisions, not this bullshit. Jane, you've been listening for a minute or two. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole uh, worked shoot confrontation uh, degradation of relationship between Billy Corgan and Nick Aldis?
2: I think World Class slash WCW WCCW did it. I'm sorry world-class slash USWA did it way better. Because um, they were the first ones to do it that I could really think of, of any major league company, with the evil promoter against the babyface wrestler. I think it's, I don't know, boring, retread. I'm not paying to see Billy Corgan looking like something out of... Uh, looking like Jack Skellington without the paint. Um, I, I, I like all this. I'm not... In any position to want to cheer for him In that kind of position It seems like two people Acting having a little bit of temper tantrums Publicly putting it on You know Out there and not for any reason Because it's not going to draw any money Unless unless All this power bombs Billy Corgan Then I'd probably pay to
1: see that I'd pay <laughs> to do that But well here I got a question for you guys uh, Both of you so one of the things is we've had Nick Aldis, you know, I guess he went on Busted Open to or whatever. He's talking about how he gave up some of the money that he was supposed to be paid so that other people could be paid and blah and stuff. The problem is when Nick Aldis comes across saying things like that, it's not like he's doing it in a – it's not like he comes across as a positive. To me, it comes across as, in, you know, here's just a – Almost what Billy Corgan was saying. Here's just a guy blowing his own horn. I mean, <laughs> I'm not looking at
0: it. Okay. Sorry. You know, I'm, I'm not looking, looking at, at it. it on my phone, I just had to make sure I was seeing it right.
1: I'm, uh, you know, it's just not getting me over with this guy. So, I mean, when you hear stuff like that, does it matter to you? I mean, do you think, oh, cool, or is that just too inside? Because one of the problems with these dudes is they end up kind of being too inside, and like I, I don't really care about that. I don't really care whether all gave up part of his money so other people could be paid. I don't believe. He, I don't believe he gave up a lot of it because <laughs> he he wasn't out there working a lot of indie dates when the opportunities were there.
0: Well, I mean, let' okay. So let's go back in the time machine, right? And what what do we do know? Um, you know, he. Nick said like, Hey, you know, the, the first year I was there, I wasn't getting paid by the NWA and that might be true that that could legitimately be true. But I also know he was getting paid quite handsomely from, from other people. Um, I I was at an event where I saw money change hands and that's, uh, that's all I'll say about that. And it was a lot more than you would think. I know it was more than what the Adam Pierce used to make on the NWA uh, agreement that the, you know, the old board of directors had in place with that being said too. It's like, again, you were carrying the NWA title. You had a lot of the opportunities that came up were because you were NWA world's champion. And anybody who was holding that title belt would have had those same opportunities. I don't think that all in was based on a feud between Cody and Nick Aldis. I think it was on the idea the premise that Cody wanted to win the 10 pounds of gold. Again, that could have been Tim storm in that ring that could have been Adam Pierce in that ring that could have been just about anybody in that ring. And I think, um, you know, it would have had some attention now. Don't get me wrong. Nick Aldis is a, I'll say this until, you know, until I'm dead. Nick Aldis is a five tool athlete. He's, he's, he's not a, a bargain type wrestler. He's premium. I put him very high up on the echelon of pro wrestling in 2022. However, Don't overstate what you've done. Don't overstate who you are. That title around your waist created many opportunities for you. And I'm not going to believe all the bullshit otherwise Uh, when you say, like, oh, you know, Harley Race wanted me. Yeah, okay, well, he wanted the world's heavyweight champion. And had that been Eli Drake or Drew McIntyre or any of the other people that they had wanted before they got to Nick Aldis, uh, I think those people would have been invited to do those things had Aldis not been there.
1: Well, and he also said something that wasn't true based on what he was implying, because he was basically implying Harley Race never cared anything or did anything for the NWA, you know, post the WC, you know, uh, WCW days. Well, he shot an angle with Bruce uh, Tharp in uh, Japan, and, uh, he had brought in the NWA world title on his own early into his promotion, but even, even after they had left the NWA.
0: Well, world, world Legion wrestling had booked Dan Severin, Uh, you know, uh, look, look, and and let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Dave Marquez, Harley race had a close relationship from those WLW days. Remember Mark, that used to be a Marquez promotion. Uh, He sold to Harley. And, and during those days, it's like, uh, you know, Harley made himself available for the NWA when the NWA asked. It wasn't as often as maybe it it probably should have been, but, you know, it wasn't like he was off-limits either. Did he show up in impact? Yeah, he did show up in impact.
1: I mean, my my point is that this idea that Harley Race didn't give a crap about the NWA until suddenly Nick Aldis was out and about and him and Billy Corgan were doing stuff with it, that's just crap. It's not true. Although I see, and I'm going to pick on all this for saying it, but I'm sure Corgan has that same frame of mind. It, in a way, in those two's mind, the NWA died when...
0: Ric Flair when, left the title when he went to WWE. That's what it feels like anyway. Well,
1: well you know, whenever, the, whenever WCW stopped using the nwa name and you know 1993 is when they officially withdrew from the national wrestling alliance right and just called the big gold belt corgan and uh corgan and uh aldous Aldous just seemed to think that nobody anywhere ever gave a about the nwa until they came into the picture you know they totally overlooked the impact time or tna as it was at the time you know, and, you know, you point out Marquez had small arena shows. He could draw anywhere from 250 people to there was a show down in Texas that drew uh, 1560.
0: Yeah, I was at the Orleans Arena, uh, an NWA show that Dave Marquez put on. And that's the same place that uh, Ring of Honor used to run uh, before they moved uh, locations. And it was a small like a like a 15,000 seat arena and yeah they had curtains blocking off most of the most of the seats and all that stuff but they still had over 1500 people at that show i know this cuz i was sitting in the front row and i could look back and see hundreds of people and it, it this isn't a work i mean i'm talking legit they had over 1500 people at the orleans arena maybe that did that venue hold uh, 10 times as many people sure okay But i haven't seen 1500 people at an nwa event and i've been to the crockett cup and i was at uh, the 70th anniversary show and they might have been lucky to have a thousand people at the 70 73rd show or no excuse me the 70th anniversary show 73rd they didn't have anywhere near that number you know the crockett cup 2019 they didn't have anything near that number so i i mean and look I've been saying this too. Rob Conway defended the world's heavyweight championship at a, at a wrestle kingdom number three. And that's look, I don't care. Nobody has been able to put a world's heavyweight title match with that many people watching. I know it wasn't the main event, but still, you know, the the
1: people saw it one way or the other.
0: Yeah. The two biggest world title matches in the last 20 years were all in and, uh, and, uh, and wrestle kingdom three. And look, when I,
1: I went to two NWA shows, one which featured the world title and one that featured the national title back when uh, Phil Shatter was the national champion. Yeah. And the, right one, the one featuring the world champion drew about 700 people. And the one with the national champion drew about 500 people. I mean, look, we freaked out when they drew 800 in St. Louis. Yeah. But, I mean, within the same year, I watched them draw on two different parts of, you know, two different parts of Texas, 500 plus. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, get your egos in check, guys. You're not doing anything that's just overly amazing as far as drawing is concerned.
0: And and can I say one last thing before we move on from this subject is that Billy Corgan has spent a lot more money than uh, Bruce Tharp did in his time with the NWA. And Bruce Tharp had NWA talents in Japan. In New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Second biggest wrestling company on the face of the planet. Yep check check the ego billy check it nick rob conway was in new japan defending the 10 pounds of gold at wrestle kingdom i'm sorry nothing nick has done can top that feat yet wrestling in china was cool you're welcome dave marquez says you're welcome wrestling in australia was cool tommy dreamer says you're welcome wrestling it all in was cool cody says you're welcome the nwa on its own has done nothing Near the magnitude of having uh, Rob Conway defend at Wrestle Kingdom.
1: In fact, if I remember correctly, on the on the China one, I've heard rumors from some people that uh the former NWA guy, what's his name, Lagana, 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 was unhappy that. They were using the NWA letters as prominently as they were.
0: Yeah, time, and that was
1: which which didn't make any sense to me. I would think you would love that fact if you're not paying.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was there, so I could, I could, I mean, I was there. I sat in those conversations, not all of them, but some of them, and yeah, Lagana was a little unhappy the fact that, uh, that that it was almost built as an NWA show. Uh, you know. Uh, all the artwork and everything from the United wrestling network presented it as a championship wrestling from, from a uh, Wen Cho, or I think they just called it wrestling from China, but uh, yeah, it, there was a lot of advertising that said NWA on it. Uh, they used a lot of like uh, not the actual NWA logos, but logos they created with the letters NWA national wrestling Alliance on it. And he wasn't happy about that because it was a, in his words, it wasn't an NWA show. It was a, a championship wrestling from a Hollywood show. So,
2: Which well, he's not wrong, but he would think he would want that publicity. Well,
0: well, it, just, we it, it just... It <laughs> just... James... No, Please know James no. Jackson. White Lavender Jones is not ready to make a comeback to the NWA. Although I would love... I would absolutely love for them to bring him in as a manager. Oh, that would be so great. I, you know what? Chris Silvio is doing a great job being the mouthpiece for Jack Stane. He He's fun. He's great. I would so much rather have Bruce Starp there with the jacket and the teeth. Hell, I'd even take White Lavender Jones as representing Jack Stain. I think that'd be a hell of a lot of fun. I'd enjoy it. What'd you say, DK? I said I'd enjoy it.
2: And this is why Jake, what... pot's legal in both Texas and California.
0: Okay. Uh, Did you guys hear? Also, uh, James James H. Jackson actually offline sent me uh, uh, an article about Billy Corgan is actually looking into doing television, and and it would be a two hour program apparently, and he's had some advanced discussions. And real quick, I you know, Jaden, I know you you have a background in film and television. Um, I got to ask you. I mean, do you think the NWA is ready for a TV? Spot if so where do you See them slotting in And would this be the end of the uh, NWA on fight Uh
2: Production wise they could probably Get away with it because they have decent enough Production values that It wouldn't look horrible on TV Booking And match quality and logic wise Um Can I how can I say no Um in the most dramatic and funniest way possible. Um, Start let's see. Crying. What was that?
1: Start crying. <laughs> 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 oh, no.
2: Yeah, I think, I think I'd much rather watch court TV, and I don't mean when like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp were on there. I mean like now oh. or C-SPAN then try to watch that NWA on television right now. And they can't even do one hour. How are they going to do two hours? And what are they going to tape it every nine months like they do already?
0: Yeah, uh, that's um, the other thing. Uh, there has been some speculation, some talk, some uh, uh, rumors. And uh, I saw that our pal Jeremy posted it uh, earlier. He said that he heard an interview with Joe Galley today. Uh, and that he says that the NWA will be doing more live events and tapings in 2023.
2: Well, oh, wow. smart. They should do one every month,
0: and that's yeah, the I'm, least. I mean, I wonder who else has been mentioning that they, they would benefit from that. You know, and I I wonder what other wrestling promotions are able to do to do, like, a monthly TV taping. I mean, I, it would, must cost a fortune to do that. Probably. How could, they, how could they afford to keep up with that?
2: I'd like to know, though, first of all, have you guys heard anything interesting happening in the wrestling world right now? No. No, it's just kind of block, kind of boring right now. Nothing's
1: happened in the last like two or three weeks, right? Hey, but did seriously, did you hear the comment I stole from Jim Cornette earlier? No. Yeah, what do you get when you when you have a guy that's head of talent relations and uh, head of creative? A booker. A booker. Yeah. People keep are making such a big deal out of having both positions and their contradictory positions and blah stuff like that. It was like, you know, Jim Cornette pointed out, he goes, yeah, he goes, that used to be called the Booker.
2: That's good. It's what exactly what it is. But do you think the changes in the world wrestling entertainment is going to take some of the steam away from anything happening with the NWA right now? Um, some I, possible wrestlers they might have been able to get, maybe going home to the WWE or maybe leaving the NWA to the WWE?
0: So, okay. We know that we know that triple H has an affinity for the NWA. We know that it's, it's pretty common knowledge. Uh, You know, you'll hear him say like he grew up watching the NWA. He's got the 10 pounds of gold. The one that Ric Flair had literally adorned in his office. Um, It's very easy to say that. Yes. uh, Triple H is an NWA guy. Now him being in involved with NXT. A lot of people said that it was a better show. It was a more entertaining show. Uh, I think we lost DKM.
2: He's uh, getting a drink.
0: Yeah. We all could use a drink. Um, I, I figure, you know, with, with, with him back at the helm, uh, no pun intended. I think, you know, I think there will be a, another kind of, uh, another revolution, another another time that NXT will, will be more of a competitive brand than just an enhancement, just a a uh, uh, what's a, a developmental league. And I think, yeah, that is going to be difficult for the NWA because, you know, look at some of the stars that they're using right now, right? Uh, you know, the Briscoes who won the Crockett Cup are now exclusive to Ring of Honor, right? Uh, The guys from Honor No More, you know, the OGK, they're splitting time between Impact and the NWA. Uh, You know, the the Max the Impaler uh, was a a benefit from the Ring of Honor closing down for that for the time that they did. So, you know, now that Triple H is back, you know, directing things, if you will, for, for talent in the WWE, why wouldn't he go back and get some of those guys? Why wouldn't he go back and pick up some of these names that have value? You know, like Mike Bennett was humiliated in Vince McMahon's WWE, but maybe Triple H sees a different vision for the OGK. Maybe they would fit in on a brand like NXT to help develop the next set of superstars. You know, they don't, they, they could use somebody like Mike Bennett and Matt Taven the same way they used uh, Johnny Gargano and uh, and. Uh, oh, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, thank you. You know, I, I mean, I could totally see that happening.
2: Yeah, but even just you got an NXT, and I, I really, honestly believe that NXT should stay as a developmental brand. It should be taken off television, left on maybe the P, the 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 cock, and uh, <laughs> and um, be an actual developmental brand to push wrestlers. Just actually though, used to push wrestlers, not stupid stuff there. And I think right now the WWE has a much bigger shot for seeing guys that would have never been under Vince's thumb, more like under his boot uh, to actually have a chance. And I think that hurts the NWA. I think that hurts. And I think that hurts AEW and the ring of honor side project. There's probably a lot of guys that if they had the opportunity would leave AEW to come back to the WWE if they call because, they're not even getting any TV time on there. They're getting paid, yeah. but they're not getting any TV time.
0: I like. I look at a guy like Carrion uh, Cross, who still seems—I I could be wrong—seems like he's still unsigned, right? Like he's made appearances for like FSW. I know he's going to be at the. Uh, he's going to be at the uh, the Rick Flair uh, retirement show. Um, he I does MLW
2: sometimes too? But yeah, you're right. He is unsigned.
0: Yeah, and if, if if I'm Triple H, you know the the man. Okay, fantasy booking WWE style. I never do this, but you know you've got this this uh, big heavyweight title match at uh, SummerSlam between Brock Lesnar and and your tribal chief Roman Reigns. Now, what happens if somehow some way, carrying uh, Cross just shows up with Scarlett, comes down the ramp and says, "I challenge whoever wins," or just gets to the ring. It, it makes it a triple threat match. You know, it's not like WWE has, uh, you know, uh, responsibility to keep its continuity and storylines in check either. They can do whatever the hell they want. Triple H could do whatever the hell he wants. Uh, you know, carrying Cross to show up this weekend at SummerSlam or Johnny Gargano to show up at SummerSlam. I know that uh, uh, Seth Rollins needs a, an opponent now that uh, rid- Riddle's out with injuries. So, like, anything could happen. And I think that's where, you know... Those relationships that Triple H had with a lot of those talents, there's there's still a lot of those guys unsigned, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them start showing up in NXT, WWE, and again making it harder for the NWA to to get some of that premium talent.
2: Who would you, if you were scouting the NWA now for the WWE? I know they're not going to use Pope; he's too old. I doubt they use Murdoch, but like. Out of the young talent, who do you think that they should sign, either put in developmental or move right to the main roster?
0: I mean, if you're looking at the, the the roster as it is right now, the first guy that I would grab, if I'm the WWE, would be Harry Smith. Although they haven't had a great track record with him in the past, he'd be the first guy that I would, I would pull in. Um, you know, when you mentioned the Pope's too old, half the guys on the roster are in their 40s, you know. Uh, Trevor uh uh tyrus uh you know I w- honestly if things are legit like troubled between Aldous and Corgan, wouldn't you go after Aldous wouldn't he be a great addition to the nxt I mean there was rumor that he was going to Nxt uh back in 2020 when or uh at the end of 2020. 2020- yeah, the end of 2020, when the NWA took a knee the whole year, there was rumor that you know his contract wasn't going to be renewed and he was going to go sign with NXT, and that you know obviously never happened.
2: What about younger guys? Though they got some young talent, especially sure. some of the women.
1: I mean, if I was going to steal anybody, I'd probably steal uh...
2: Austin Idol. No, just kidding.
1: <laughs> I wish they'd steal and put him out to pasture. I mean. Uh, Jordan Clearwater, I uh, can put in developmental. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, I still Jeremiah Pluckett just to work in the training
0: facility. What about, okay, so so Jaden said something that opened up my ears a little bit. Women, obviously the, the NWA has a ton of talented women. I think first right off the bat, you know, I'm looking at Natalia Markova. I'm looking at uh, Genocide. Uh, I mean, you know, like I would say, Camille. Uh,
2: yeah, there's my first option. That's where I was trying to lead you toward
1: Camille.
0: <laughs> took me a while there, but you got me to drink. I
1: would take, yeah, I would take Camille, but you know, I would take Kenzie Page, and put her in developmental. I would take uh, Killian King, put her in develop, developmental. Uh, I. You know, if I'm Triple H, I'd get Chelsea Green back, who never got a proper run in WWE because of the, you Broken know, injury. yeah. So I'd see if I could get her in and actually give her a proper run. I would absolutely positively not touch uh, Angelina Love for any reason.
0: No. Hey, like, look, and, and that's the thing, right? Like I'm looking at this, uh, the NWA roster, the women Genocide.
1: I take genocide. If we're going to look at the women.
0: You look at the NWA women's roster and there, there are a lot of gems there. That's for sure. You know, uh, Ella and me, Kenzie page, they look, Kenzie page is so young that anything can happen with her. She could be a superstar uh, if given the right time. She's only what? 19, 18.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure.
0: She's she's not very old, you know, and, and a lot of the women are still, you know, very fairly young. Uh, but like even like this week, and we'll get into it later on the show. They introduced uh uh oh, what was her name? Um oh gosh, the girl that wrestled Kenzie Page. And I, I hadn't seen her before. and wow, she she really impressed me. Uh Casey Lennox, I think. And like to me, as soon as I saw her, I thought, wow, she should be in the WWE.
2: What about
1: Odinson?
0: Hmm, I don't know that Odinson fits, and I I know that
1: I'd have to see more of him. I mean, basically, all I've seen of him is the is his work in the end and stuff like that. I think maybe, uh, but I don't know how old he is. I mean.
0: That's a fair point too. I mean, when you're
1: looking at it, you can look at PG uh, PJ Hawks. You oh can look yeah, at, Hawks, at Luke Hawks for as a trainer. Uh, you know, I don't know about Jack Stein. I love Jacks, but I I think he oddly would be too much of a McMahon style guy as opposed to.
0: I think the thing about Jax and and again, you know, that's coming from a good place. We all love Jax Stane. I don't think they would allow Jax to be Jax. Um, And I think they would try to make him into something that I don't know that he'd be comfortable with. Are you
2: watching Triple H book?
0: Well,
1: you, you know, the problem is I don't know. It's going to be a year before we really know what Triple H wants versus what everybody's used to. Uh, you know, he he made NXT kind of that Ring of Honor, you know, uh uh WWE Ring of Honor promotion. But you know, what do you do when you actually have some of the you know main talent? You know, like I always say, would he book uh Ricochet better in the you know on the main cart? main card in the main roster? Probably. Is Ricochet going to beat uh, Roman Reigns for the world title? Probably shouldn't.
2: <laughs> I, I'm sorry, sorry but I, I still can't see how you can't think Odinson. Odinson would probably go work out with uh, Triple H. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Triple H has a lot of guys that he has pushed for that are bigger guys. Uh, uh, we'll, use, we'll, we'll use Randy Orton or Seamus as an example. Okay. You know, plus, yes, he put a lot of indie darlings into NXT. He didn't really give them major name changes and gimmick changes other than maybe put a little shine and a little sizzle to that steak with the exception of Johnny Gargano, which you could put an entire cow and his steak won't be any more steak. But, um... Right, he's a black hole charisma. What can I say?
1: Oh, yeah, some people <laughs> love him, and I haven't figured that out yet.
2: It's because he's big of the same size as them. People want to think that they can do something, so they went somebody's. That's why they like Rudy. You ever see the movie Rudy?
1: I am Rudy. That was my life growing up. I don't know how to react to that.
2: Yeah, though you're more like Sam. Samwise Gandy's.
1: I don't know what that is. You know what Samwise
0: Gamby's is. No, I have no idea what that is. You've never watched The Lord of the Rings? No, I told you. I'm, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy.
1: Never, but you haven't even seen one of the movies?
0: I haven't seen any. Or many. even of the cartoons? Nothing. I've seen nothing of that. Jaden?
2: Yes, I know. That. He likes avocados, so we can expect.
0: Uh, boot him off the show. <laughs> Wait a
1: minute.
0: Wait a minute. There we go. There we go. Okay, now all we can right. Let's let's kill it now.
2: Call up Wardell Walker. Let's kill this <laughs> show right now, TV. Well, <laughs> but seriously, like there are big guys that Triple H uses. I wouldn't even consider Samoa Joe a small guy, even though he's not the bodybuilder type.
1: No, and well, and I'm not saying that he likes small guys. What I'm saying is that I don't know what he would book in the on the main roster, and I think. I mean, I think someone like Otis might work. I just don't know how old he is. I haven't seen a lot of them. Can we talk NWA pro wrestling? Because WWE is nauseating. Willie, Willie, Willie. We have to keep up with the world, though. and that, The problem we're having is that WWE will probably start rating some of these places again now that Vince is gone. And, you know, so you got some serious things you got to consider from that. But going back to the NWA, if there's anything interesting to talk about in the NWA, damn Jay, come back. Hey Jay, yeah. So what 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 can we talk about that's interesting about the NWA other than the fact that Billy Corgan and Nick Aldis are both pricks, and I don't want to see either one of them win. So okay, so we
0: talked about uh, we talked about that feud, or you know, I'm gonna put that in quotations, feud. We also talked about the idea that they might be. Uh, looking at doing a TV show, but we didn't really keep continuing about that because we spilled over to the more WWE talk. But, you know, the NWA, uh, Billy Corgan specifically said that they are in talks to start a wrestling television show, and it would be like a two-hour TV show, not unlike what we we're seeing Monday nights or, or, or Wednesday nights. Um, where would a place like that land? Where, where would an NWA program land? I mean, you look at the spectrum of, of all the, uh, you know, cable programming that's out there now. And it's not like the world of pro wrestling is such a hot commodity that everyone needs to have wrestling. I mean, look, uh, the WWE has wrestling on Fox and on, on the NBC programming. So you get to immediately eliminate those two options uh, with AEW being on time Warner uh, again, you know, TBS, TNT, you can immediately take any time Warner discovery channel out of the equation and impact is, you know, impact had such a hard time finding the TV deal that they literally, the parent company had to buy a network just to put impact on it. So it's like, what station is clamoring for more pro wrestling content? Where would a promotion like the NWA land? And wouldn't, you know, what would be, uh, what would happen to what uh, fight TV and, and YouTube Would NWA power become a television show? Or would power in USA remain and this would be in addition to?
1: Okay, my thoughts. If I were in charge. If, Shut uh, it down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first, where would it land? And I would say the same type of channel it impacts on. Not not the same channel. The same type of channel. The weather channel. It's something. Uh, ESPN 43. Yocho. Uh, <laughs> Mav TV. I
0: don't know.
2: Mav TV. That has been around for a while.
0: <laughs> I can't get Mav TV where I live. It's not on anything. So,
1: I mean, I don't know. uh, uh the former championship wrestling from Hollywood is on some cable channel out. Or I shouldn't say cable because I have direct TV, but on some direct TV channel out here. So I record it, start it, bomb it, and then delete it. So Jeez. is color still around? <laughs> that was actually gonna be one of my jokes. Thanks a lot, Jaden. Uh
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, I made it funny.
1: For those who don't know, uh NWA made a big deal about being on cable TV when they got on. A show called Colors.
0: A network called Colors.
1: Network called Colors. And they ran about 12 shows before it died. And then I guess they got some other backing from Coca-Cola. And that ran about 12 shows before it died. And it was
0: such a popular program on... Remember, Colors was a multicultural channel from India. So not that I have a problem with the culture from India... Nor do I have a problem with uh, the NWA being on such a channel. It just, it didn't really blend well with what they were promoting the other, you know, twenty-three hours in a day.
1: Yeah, it was just,
0: uh, it was weird. weird.
2: All right, my turn. What about? Um,
1: oh,
2: sorry, you know, I mean, if not, I was at Marcy kill.
1: Oh no! Uh, the other thing I was going to say was, was it? I mean, that's what i do, but I would do a... I would tape, like, every other week and... for a uh, two-hour show, and then I would... I would kill all my other stuff. I'd kill Fight, at, except for the pay-per-views, and I'd kill uh, USA.
2: Okay. Now, and I was thinking... New. Do you remember the station that... Um had like a 10-week a wrestling program that was run by Howard Baum or Howard uh, Brody. What was that called? Uh, WGN America?
1: Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was the former Chicago WGN that...
2: Yeah, it's their cable version of their Chicago. They still own a Chicago superstation, but they have a cable version of it, which is very similar programming, which is some slight different commercials. But um, yeah, WGN America would probably be because you know what all elite uh, the the All In pay per view used that to promote their event, and a lot of people thought that was going to be the network that they ended up on before Tony Khan got involved. So that's probably where I would think the best option for them, because at least I can, in my upper two hundreds, I could find that cable station. Not like I don't have to go. Well, I don't have a cable anymore, but. And then when we had Comcast, it was in the upper two hundreds. do so Accu- at least. Weather. What was that? AccuWeather. AccuWeather, that's a good one.
1: Animal Planet, but, maybe Animal Planet. Anybody? Anybody?
2: That's. I think that's owned by like another group. Game Network, is that still Aspire around? Aspire Two, is that? Yeah, but I say WGN America. That's where I would think they would probably be the best option for them, because it's probably got the most coverage out of any network that they would hold something like that. I mean, they'd probably have to pay for it.
0: So, and can I jump back in, guys? Or should I? Should I see my real out? quick?
2: Let me just finish real quick. I don't think – I think they should get rid of their other programs if they do get a real television deal. Okay, go ahead.
0: Okay, so I disagree. I think that um, if they're able to take monthly, like the – the, it, it, I don't know what the plan is, right? I don't know what Billy Corgan's, you know, 17-year plan is or, four, you know, 16-year plan is going forward. But I think that uh, given the opportunity to have a live television show, which to me isn't the draw that it used to be, And only really makes sense is if the company is paying you to be on television. If you're paying for time or getting free time and and sharing revenue from commercials, I think that's a a non sequitur. I don't think that's a, a, I don't think that's a win. I think that's just a whatever. Um, But I think, you know, if you are able to get on TV doing an additional program, if you're able to tape monthly, right. Then your program now on television could feature all of your, all of your world title matches, all of your tag teams, and everything that's good about the show, and then your Saturday morning program could be maybe featuring up and comers, the people you think will be the future of the company, and then and then power could be more like a, you know focus on like certain divisions, like the women's division, or each week could have a, a different theme type show, and you're that way you're still generating profit, you're still generating revenue, and you're also giving your audience a lot of content if they're if they choose to uh, digest it.
1: Well, the problem is the more shows they do, the more they got to tape, and then the more they have to tape, the more they overtape at a given moment, and so I, I, I would you know look if they're going to tape every two weeks or even weekly, then I would say sure you can do some more shows. You have a two, you basically do a three hour taping and you know a three to four hour taping, and you can have. Your two-hour TV show and maybe a half-hour US. I don't know that I'd do anything on fight, honestly. Maybe you do just a an hour show on, on YouTube. A, yeah, and YouTube, that would be more your that would be more in line with your uh, syndicated shows that they used to put out WWE and. Middle Atlantic, where, yeah, they were kind of like in arenas, but, you know, you still just basically saw the jobber matches that happened at the beginning of the show, you yeah. know.
2: Here's so. the thing, too, that television stations, or television, I'm sorry, wrestling companies believe they need to do on television. They need to put everything in front of an audience. Um, You can get, you can record six hours of TV, or five hours of TV, or three hours of TV, or however you're trying to do it, and fill it with a lot of stuff that's not in front of an audience. So you can keep the audience fresh and then go do backstage segments, backstage interviews. Hell, get that rolling cage they used to do on I used to love with they do on uh mid Atlantic television and NWA worldwide and get the red and blue backgrounds, even though I think uh AEW kinda stole that right now anyway. But roll that cage in and start doing promos about the steel cage match at the Sportatorium and uh Orlando Florida or wherever you know that they happen to be running their next pay-per-view that they decide to do it'll be great you can film a lot of stuff in backstage you could have sit down interviews that are actually entertaining and and make it more sports oriented hell what i would love for them to do and this is steal this idea go back to the 10 pounds of gold era use matches but in between follow these wrestlers as they're training and working out and talking and with their family and on the road and stuff like that and use a build-up like a real sports base like boxing and the HBO used to do and then mix it with actually good, well-produced, well-booked, well-orchestrated, well-everything just done right wrestling. Then you'll have a program that will make you unlike anything you or anybody else is doing.
0: So, okay. Yes. So you take power and just put power on any television station that you can get, whatever, then you could it take.
2: Will fail miserably.
0: Sure. Or you could do something like what you're talking about and make it more of a documentary type series that features more pro wrestling. But like on, on tonight's episode of the NWA, we're going to, it's the t- 10 pounds of gold on this episode. It's the Burke, this episode, it's the national, heavyweight championship or is that what you're kind of talking about and it would tell stories from the perspectives of the wrestlers and opponents and show matches is that what you're
2: yeah except you could could split it out with like if you do two hours you can get probably three really good stories going with three really good matches and have like the back and forth go there and, and then have the match and then the back and forth and then the match Because it'll be great to build it up. It'll feel like it's something special, like you're watching some special. UFC used to do it really, really well until they got on ESPN. And actually, even before they did that, they screwed up a lot when they did on Fox, of all places. But I used to love when I would see those specials of UFC on on Spike Network. They really made me want to see those fights. They don't do that anymore. Now the new producers are all worried about slick this and slick that. I love that. It made me want to see those fighters. Somebody I didn't know about. Um, I fell. One of my favorite fighters is from New Jersey. And it's um, Frankie Eger And they did those little specials building him up. And I became a huge Frankie Edgar fan. Uh, I hated, hated anybody that had to do with, like, just half the fighters there. But that's because I was supposed to hate them. Because they made me hate them. That made me like some people that I hated. It was really well done. It's something that no other wrestling promotion is doing. It's something I would love to do. I know Dr. Zirconi would love to do it if he ever gets on TV. Him and I talk about it all the time. We brainstorm about that. I think that would be beautiful and make it actually something you want to see, like you're seeing two or three big fights instead of a bunch of matches that don't mean anything. And a bunch of really bad uh, backstage segments and even worse commentators. You need to fix that, too.
1: (laughs) There's so much they need to fix before they got TV. They need to burn it down and start from scratch. Basically. Where's what the they need to rolling? do is
0: hire David Marquez and just buy out the United Wrestling Network and go from there. That would put you on TV markets all throughout the United States. You would have viable options for producing content at the Improvs in, in California and that the, the uh, casinos that Dave Marquez has relationships. Plus, you could still film in Nashville. You could still film in St. Louis. Do all, everything that you're doing currently, but just add that in. Add that in. Add Jordan Clearwater as your Night Wrestling Network World Champion, and some sometime down the road, do a unification bout. Bring in, you know, uh, the tag team champions. I think are beef candy right now. At some point, have them unify the titles with Commonwealth Connection, and and have that ability to do. You know, multiple tapings a month, you know, do one in California, one in Nashville, do one in California, do one in Atlanta, do one in California, do one in St. Louis, and you're always creating content. And having somebody like Dave Marquez, who knows what he's doing, and directing guys like Joe Galley get rid of the other two. Yay, who's bringing Todd Kennelly from United Wrestling Network, and you'd have a great commentary team that actually know what they're talking about. And some of the professionals that Dave Marquez is using on those shows, the host of the show, uh, it, it would lend a lot more credibility than like uh, you know Velvet Sky getting dirty for the Dirty Sexy Boys. I'm just saying. End up like a pony. What's that? end up like a pony
1: yeah okay. i mean if we're gonna if we're gonna be dreaming about unrealistic things i want to i want a pony to go with it well, hey, wouldn't you know who
2: won the, play the play pony
1: it. so yeah exactly so question for you false question for you should the nwa do live events where there are no cameras should they yes. go on shows yes I mean, I agree. What's your reasoning? My yes or his no? Uh, I agree with yes. So do the no first. Both of you explain your reasoning.
0: You said they should do... uh, Okay, reiterate what you said. I'm sorry.
1: Do you think they should do live shows, but with no TV cameras? Kind of the equivalent of a house show, but... It's not appropriate use of house show. Just to-
0: I think, I think everything they do should be filmed. But okay. here's I the ca- here's the caveat. I think that they should do these shows, but keep it simple, stupid, um, and and not have all the backstage segments, not have all the uh, interactions that they have at the podium. I think it should just be commentators, cameras wrestlers that's it um and they should treat these as uh special events for fight i mean that's something that they've talked about in that package is that you were supposed to get these exclusive to fight uh like special things and we haven't gotten those if you're a paid subscriber you know every time i hear kyle davis tell me why i should be a paid subscriber they're they always throw in there and exclusive content just for our fight uh subscribers but there's nothing exclusive about what they're producing. Everything they do ends up on YouTube. So to me, I think that would be a great use of that time. Uh, plus it's it's creating more content. It keeps the subscribers happy. Maybe even raise the price if you're doing one, uh, one of those shows a month. And also it, like you always could use that content later down the road on your YouTube to fill in matches or or fill in storylines or something of that of that nature. But that's just me.
2: All right. Now for my term, this one's kind of depends on certain situations. If they were doing it once a month, then that's just basically a pay-per-view. So, you know, they should put it on TV if they're going to do it that way because it's basically a monthly pay-per-view. If they're doing it weekly or a couple times a week, like a weekend or maybe like a, a weekend or so out of a month, then no, they shouldn't record it. They should use the TV to build toward that. And the only way you can see it is uh, is um, to be there live and have somewhere that's an NWA hotbed, if there is such a thing nowadays, somewhere where they'd love to see it, bring in an occasional NWA legend to be part of it and that's from that area, and book a television show so people have to go out of their house to go pay to see it and make it something somebody wants to have to see and use that revenue because... Right now, there's so much wrestling on television that there—I mean, wrestling on the internet. There is no wrestling on the internet. What I mean by that is because there's so much, nobody's watching anything specific anymore. Nobody's watching all of it. Nobody's watching um, like every single. There's not enough hours of the day to watch everything, and there's so much other stuff out there that's probably better, and a whole lot that's definitely worse that's already catching attention. So you're fighting against about a bajillion other wrestling promotions that are about a hundred bajillion hours online every single week.
0: How many bajillion uh, is that?
2: At least three. <laughs>
0: all right, but
2: Jay, so yeah, you're going against constantly. So, Brills, make it now, so you have something special for those people in your area and tour around. Don't just do it in Nashville. Go all around.
1: Here are my thoughts, because I'm going to grab all of that. First of all, I do agree. I, I will say with Jay, if you're going to keep a fight uh, show, then I would do like a live event or something like that a month or something like that. Uh, my thing is, though, you could run shows from probably – The Kansas City, St. Louis, Tennessee, Kentucky area, probably all the way into Virginia, West Virginia, along that stretch. You could probably run a town monthly. And I would not air those. I would not put those on TVs. And I would throw the occasional, you know, maybe once a year, a title change. Not the world title, honestly. But, you know, like a national title change, even a world tag team title or something like that, you know, about once a title once during the year. That just kind of takes place on these house shows so people think that, hey, there's something special to see.
2: I mean, nice if they I did have a tour too. And yes, the question is, to answer a question earlier, it is my smoke detector. The one in the hallway needs a battery change, but it's so incredibly out of the way. We just usually wait for it to die and then change it. <laughs> It's still gonna, working while it's chirping. That's all I'm saying.
0: Sounds like my wife. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think uh, they have plenty of options of what they're going to do going forward. Um, you know, we, I, I haven't listened to that Joe Galley interview yet, but I have it queued up that I will uh, when we conclude this show. But I do think um, – Hey, send only, me the link. Oh, I. you know what? I'll put the link in the chat right now. Um, oh, I have it right here. Uh, you guys could uh, obviously go check this out, uh, after our show's over. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I, and I, wow, that just spammed the chat. Um, I think they have some options and certainly have to do some thinking about it. I I don't think that they should rush into anything. Right. Because, uh, you know, if you're going to start investing in actual television, like it's one thing. You know, fight when they when they made that deal with fight initially and, and became exclusive to fight. Uh, fight was helping to pay for the production of the show, and I don't know if that's still happening because they're no longer exclusive. But I'm sure they get some sort of compensation being on fight. Uh, and also, you know, with YouTube advertising, there you know there are there is incentives for being on YouTube. Now, I don't think they're making anywhere near a return on investment for being on YouTube, but I'm sure they're generating some kind of uh, some sort of uh, revenue stream from it. Maybe it's only a couple thousand dollars a month. Maybe it's less, uh, but it's, it's still it's something. And the fact that, you know, James H. Jackson be the first one to tell you that, <laughs> that they have some pretty cool merch and he's buying pretty much all of it. He's not the only one. They, I mean, they are making money with their revenue streams being YouTube, Fight, and the television, of course, pay-per-views. And for all of us who signed up for the... Uh, premier package that are paying $50 a year. They, they are making some money with this machine and they're going to go and ditch all that to jump onto TV. You know, it's gotta be a vehicle that's going to compensate them in an appropriate fashion.
2: There's no uh, thing that says they can't take the TV program and put it on YouTube afterwards either.
1: That the, Exactly. Which to? Or not everybody line. can
2: get, not everybody can get the, uh, the yarn network. The yarn and knitting network, you know. So they'll have to put <laughs> they'll have to put it on YouTube for the people that don't get that station.
1: Yeah. I, I do want to address something from the chat. Uh yeah, Willie Bol, uh Bowen, you know, said something about reestablishing a territory system. Chris brings out and goes who would want to be part of a territory system in twenty twenty two. And you're in a way you're both right. We don't need a territory system like we had back in the day or even the independent licensees or whatever.
0: Like in 2000s.
1: Right. I, th- But I think what you can do is a lot of people don't realize this but you know like in Mid-Atlantic and world class and everything like that there was a booking office and that's where you booked your talent through. But there, there were promoters in all sorts of cities and towns in that quote-unquote territory and there were books in that thing for a long time in Texas there was the booking office which ran out of Houston until Fritz got it moved up into Dallas but there was a guy that booked Dallas, there was a guy that booked Fort Worth, there was a guy that booked San Antonio Corpus Christi and you know, El Paso in the seven major cities that they ran. And so it was a separate promoter. It was the second separate guy that did the booking. In fact, he would he was the one that would tend to use local talent at the bottom of the card, and then you would book your your top guys out of the booking office. And so I mean, I certainly think it could work in that type of way. No, you're not going to have NWA Knoxville with your NWA Knoxville champions. But you might have a promoter out of Knoxville who would contact the NWA and say, okay, I run a show on the third Thursday of every month. And so I want to book your talent and here, you know, in your titles cause I'm going to put on an eight card match. The first two things will be some local guys that I like. And then I uh, want to, you know, maybe a couple of guys in the middle and, you know, I want all this for the, I want all and uh, Murdoch for the main event or I want, uh, you know, Jack Stain and, uh, What's his name? A Jay the God, you know, for the national title or whatever. And basically all the negotiations, payments, and all all things like that are negotiated. And in some places they would say, they would almost be bot shows. Houston for a long time was a bot show. Gary Hart booked it. All Bosch would call and call and say he was doing the show. And Gary Hart would say, okay. You know, here's a booking, 70, 40% of your day.
0: All right. Well, uh, hour and a half into the show, we haven't even discussed USA or Power. Uh, good. We're doing good. <laughs> uh, Jaden, were you able to catch USA this week? I know uh, last week you were able to watch it.
2: I was not. I'm sorry. Um I was thinking about it, and then um, I did naps and uh, more naps, and that's pretty much took up all my time for
0: watching it. I can't really fault you on the naps, man. A good nap is kind of hard to beat. Um, real quick, our pal Vince says, Billy just needs more help than just Pat. You should have tried to get some of those guys fired from the WWE before Triple H hires them back. You know who's out there who's begging for a job? Road Dog. I I don't know if Road Dog Jesse James is the right guy, but, I mean, he's a guy. You know who else is out there who I haven't heard is working anywhere yet? Gabe Spolowski's out there. Yeah, Gabe Sapolsky, too. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. Look, I don't know. You just don't get it, man. Uh, and, and there are more than just those two guys out there. I mean, there's a lot of creative minds behind all of this. You know, there's a lot of creativity out there in the world of professional wrestling. It doesn't necessarily need to come from former WWE guys. It doesn't need to come from former Ring of Honor guys or former MLW guys or former AEW guys. Hell, just go out and find a local indie promoter that's doing it right. You know, some people would say right there in New Jersey. I don't know. But there's, there's people out there that can tell you how to do these things and to do them better. Um. Oh, this is a great comment that uh, I'm sure we already know the answer to, but I want you guys to uh, point out. Does anybody think there's a little too many three- and four-way matches? I'd much rather see those matches as one-on-one, at least not so much. Uh, I'll let well, you guys... the
2: suspect, I suspect you are correct in that assessment. Uh, there are way too many three-way matches. There are way too many four-way matches. There are way too many gimmick matches. There are way too many stupid stipulations-for-no-reason matches. Um, And, yes, they all need to go away. You need to go away to a dinosaur and become giant chickens instead. <laughs>
0: and then, uh, DK? DK? Oh, I love
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all you gotta do is tune in every week here, and you'll know that I love them. I'm the biggest fan. That I think they're the greatest thing since you know colon cancer. Somebody
2: call nine one one. DK just had a stroke.
1: (laughs) So I mean, who can complain about the stupidity of a three way or a four way or?
2: Are you being um, held by hostage right now, and this is how you're alerting us?
1: (laughs) God, I hate them. I hate them with passion. I hate how people disappear in the middle of them. They'll take a bump that in a regular match that they're back in 30 seconds from, and they'll lay on the floor away from the camera for five minutes, waiting for their time to jump back in the ring and stop a pinfall or move on. It'd be nice if
2: they even waited on the floor. Most of them are just sitting there watching it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Thanks for that question. The suspect. Uh, I don't think I've seen you on our, our show before, so thanks for checking us out. Uh, you're welcome to be here anytime. We're, we're here three days a week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, various times, but uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. Uh, another, the Thursday night
2: one is the a show just heads up.
0: Yeah. And that's nobody disputes that. Um, no offense to the other Alliance guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, DP says road dog was a SmackDown head writer Gabe Sabolowski, see, uh, I didn't say it that bad. Uh, is available along with Ring of Honor book. You're delirious, to my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, and Dave Scooby says, "Hey, Billy, just spend some money and bring in some real bookers." I don't know why anyone would have a problem with that. And I, I get that this is a this is like a Billy Corgan's dream job. He wants to the book wrestling, but like, you can do it. You could do it better. You know, you, you're good. You're, you're okay. You can make this better with some help. Why not do that?
1: Well, let me uh, ask Billy a question.
0: You're asking Billy a question. I let don't think you're going to get an question. answer.
1: William Patrick Corgan. Billy, would you rather book wrestling or would you rather make money? Apparently, rather he'd
2: make? rather book wrestling.
1: Yeah. Well, then I wish he'd blow money like the others do. <laughs> the problem is he doesn't blow money like the others do, and he doesn't book well. It blows no, a booking. booking. Does that count? What?
2: It blows a booking. Does that count?
1: Well are just for PG but, rating. No, <laughs> no unfor- unfortunately, it doesn't. You're going to have to pay uh Jay his nickel for he's going to
0: lose because of that comment. Uh, Luthes says to hell with all the attorneys, too, and that's. Like, look, uh, as we're approaching the 74th anniversary show, that's another uh, spot of complaint. Not only do we have so many titles now, but every tournament, every title uh, needs to be determined via a tournament, which means that now you're having like, uh, we got to have a TV title tournament for, for the ladies. We have to have a... U.S. tag team tournament right off the heels of just having the Crockett Cup. I mean, if you're going to do the, if the plan all along was to do the U.S. titles, why not have just made that the prize of winning Crockett Cup? That would have been so much smarter. And if you're going to hold, if if the idea is like, oh, well, we're going to do the tag titles, then wait till next year and make it the prize of Crockett Cup. Make, if you're going to bring them back, do it smartly, right? I
1: have a, a, a very scary thought now because we talked about this before with all of the things but for those who watched the great AEW last night with great and flaming quotation marks uh, they have finally introduced their trios because
2: that's what they need now they saw Billy Corgan's bringing more belts back and he's like Let, hold
1: my hold well, my uh, white claw yeah. And so, <laughs> oh, my truly. And so, you know, how long till Billy brings back the six man belts? So, Billy, if you're going to bring back six man belts, do the world class version, not the Jim Crockett version. Thank you.
2: I don't mind either, as long as it's not the WCW version.
1: Oh, God, those are terrible. So, yeah. But anyhow,
2: lazy booking. We know somebody's a Coronet fan
1: in here. Uh, just let me tell you, let me tell you, that was, that's just a terrible thing. So Jaden, what do you think about the fact that they had an empower episode, which they had the men's tag team titles, but not the women's tag team titles. And one of the women's tag team champions wrestled in a singles match on the Empower, and they talk about bringing in a women's TV title. I mean, Jaden, how excited are you for a women's TV champion?
2: Well, that's what they need. They don't have enough titles in, in wrestling. Right now, everybody needs something to hold their pants up, including the women. They have to hold up those booty shorts up somehow. So they all need championship belts to hold them up. So... We also need... Let's see. We need a Multimedia Championship. We need an NWA um, Magic the Gathering Championship. We need an NWA Toss the Midget Championship. I'm sorry. Toss the Little Person Championship.
0: Thank you. I'm not sure. Uh,
1: I need less insult.
2: <laughs> we need an NWA Alliance-Wrestling.com Ham Sandwich Champion.
0: Hey, so... I was doing a little bit of the math earlier and uh, I actually had this as part of my notes for the broadcast. Uh, But since we're kind of pushing that to the side for right now, by my count, if they introduce another title for the women's, a TV title, that would be seven, a total of, and we're just talking actual belts, right? The belts, belts, belts. There'll be seven world title belts. That'd be one for the world's heavyweight, one for the women's one for the world tag team, men's, one for the women's tag team. So I get seven there. Then you've got a national belt. And then, of course, the announced for the 74th anniversary show, the tag titles. So that brings us to 10 belts. Then you have already tires with your TV title and then introducing a women's title. That's that's a total of 12 championship belts. Now I I haven't really done the math on this, and this is going off of what something Tim said yesterday from uh, the other Alliance Guys podcast. He mentioned there's about 40 people on the the roster. Now, my math isn't great, but if you have 40 people on the roster and 12 of those people have championship title belts, that means 30% of your roster is a champion. Does that sound right to you? Uh, no,
2: I'm, and this is from a guy that likes hockey, where half the league gets into the playoffs. Uh, no, that doesn't seem right, though.
0: It 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 really feels like, uh, you know, um, our pal Kisa from the World Titles histories. Uh, he keeps tweeting this, and I think NWA Gold retweets it, and I retweet it. If everyone is a champion, then the champions are meaningless. Yeah, and I think we're getting to that point now. Where if you even if these are like titles that aren't defended once a month, or even if these are just more kind of like, you know, um, hey, we're going to just use these at the at the chase or we're going to just use these titles, you know, on USA. You know, it just feels like uh, if everyone is a champion, then, then none of the champions are important. And I really feel like this is getting it's getting a little bit too uh,
2: participation trophy. Like,
0: yeah.
1: Well, well, here's something for you. So, they put in the TV title. All right. So, that means four women will be championed. Yeah. Okay. Right now, I'm just looking at Wikipedia. So, I'm looking at the roster. And it's listing 16 females. Of those 16 females, it includes rarely used Angelina Love. It includes Mickey James, who's also to, uh, rarely used. It includes Melina, who hasn't been there in ages. It includes uh, pa- Paola Blaze, who is rarely there, Taryn Terrell, who rarely wrestles. So we're down to about a 10 person active roster. And 40% of them will hold a belt.
2: This isn't Uh, Oprah. You get a belt and you get a belt and you get a belt. That doesn't work that way in professional wrestling.
1: So, I mean, just... I don't know. It's, It's just ridiculous that they would do this. And I am worried I've always figured he would not bring back the six man titles, but now I'm worried that he will since AEW is. And it may be fun to say, so. uh maybe you're right. But I wish they'd sell uh sell the junior heavyweight title. I don't want to go out and get that made elsewhere.
2: The hot dog eating championship for you know what? That's a good that's a belt Irish to go after.
0: Him enjoying chestnut going Face to face, toe-to-toe, Coney Island. Labor Day weekend. Let's book it. Come on, Billy. If you had any balls, you book it. <sighs> All right. So uh that's enough title talk, obviously. Um look, it, it's not a good idea to reintroduce these titles. I mean, I think it was kind of cool that Medusa did the whole Rick Rude where she was on two hours of uh, two separate shows at the same time. And it doesn't seem like that's gonna stop anytime soon either because the NWA isn't gonna punish her or not use her because she was on WWE programming. And it doesn't oh, no, like, use her more. <laughs> yeah, probably. And uh, so so again, this just seems like it might be, you know, with all these titles, I, I, look the person we have to convince is the person that's not listening because it feels like everyone else agrees with us that this is a bad deal. It's a bad look. Yeah, too many titles. And, and uh, gosh, I think, DK, you might have said it, uh, or maybe it was Tim from the other Alliance guys. I don't remember who said it specifically. But uh, our pal, Dave Lagana, used to mention how there were, the NWA had way too many titles, that they had no need for all these titles, and would reference like the mid, the Midwest, or Missouri.
1: Missouri Italian junior heavyweight championship which was
0: an actual legitimate championship belt at some point in the illustrious history of the nwa however like you know i much rather go back to the days where we didn't have enough titles to represent the company than to have an abundance of of championship belts that are just ever ever becoming more meaningless so um say that again with that being said I think we're going to skip the NWA USA recap uh, just because we are already at an hour and a half into this show. And I want to make Ooh, sure. that's we...
2: how, how long do we have to talk to Skip Power next?
1: <laughs> Two hours. Well, well, wait a minute. I'll, I'll say this about USA. We'll just kind of sum it up. I didn't think any of the wrestling on the show was bad. No. I didn't think the show overall was horrible. No. A uh, couple stupid moments, but. Outside of that, I didn't have any major issues with USA. The matches were actually, uh, matches were actually pretty good. And so there'll be no complaining about USA today. We're not just skipping it because it was bad. It was, it was a fine show.
0: It was actually a pretty decent show. Um, Yeah. I should have watched it. And uh, you know, one thing I will take away is like, I feel like Jamie Stanley is way underutilized and I feel like, uh, you know, some of these guys, you know, w- we only see them every few months. And I feel like, again, a better taping schedule will be better for the program, better for the show. A lot of these guys we haven't seen in so long. I would rather see these guys than some of the guys we are seeing. I will say that.
1: And I actually enjoyed the Colby Carino, Carrie Morton thing. It was a as great person, match. As a person who's, well, I won't say great, but it was a really good match. and
0: It person, was a solid match.
1: You know, as a person who's not the biggest Carino fan, I I enjoyed it. And I... And I like the fact that Mercurio, Mercurio Mercury, whatever his name is, uh, actually got the win over uh, Jamie Stanley because I wasn't expecting that. So, you know, since they kind of made a big deal out of Mercurio arriving, it was nice to see him get a win. All right. Yeah. So then are we going to review power or are we going to continue to uh, try to avoid that?
0: No, we're going to review power because that's in the headline. That's what we do here. So, um, and this was a good way a woman says it, but this was a good show too. And I, I feel like, look, if we, if we skip both shows and they were both relatively good, we need to highlight that because we're quick to kick them when they're down, but when they're doing something right, we need to acknowledge that as well. And I feel like these last two episodes were pretty good. However, I do have some nitpicks that I will point out where I have nitpicks and, and well, that'll that'll kick us off of NWA power season nine, episode seven. And on this very special episode of NWA Power, the spotlight is focused on the women's division of the NWA. They call it Empowered. Um, Now, the segment starts off, the show kicks off with Marty Bell, Paola Blaze, and the Pope with Kyle Davis. And this is where it gets unironically funny because Marty Bell and Paola Blaze speak Spanish for most of their promo. So I don't really hear what they're saying, uh, or I hear it, but I don't understand it, I should say. And then i can only really relate to what the man was saying about women empowerment which is all the ultimate mansplaining right then and there that the pope is telling you exactly why it's important to have women's wrestling and i thought that was just the best <laughs> because empowerment shouldn't be about mansplaining it should have been a woman up there speaking uh you know in a language that we could all understand or at least have subtitles to give it depth and 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 integrity and emotion and drive and passion, and instead you have the pope doing that for them. And I thought that was just unironically the most funniest thing I'd ever seen on an episode of Power. Uh, and then Jaden dropped out evidently he didn't think it was funny, but I thought it was hilarious. Uh, DK, what did you think of this opening segment?
1: Uh, it didn't. It's like I understood what they were trying to do, but man, did they do it poorly. <laughs> I mean to me that's when you bring Medusa out yes and talk about you know women's wrestling and the history of women's wrestling and you know and then you know maybe make the announcement about the tv championship and stuff like that and uh but yeah it was like like you said I I didn't use the explaining term I mean I've heard it before but that's I didn't use it or think that, but yes, the basic concept was the same. It's like they had to bring out a man to put over the the women's wrestling better than either of the women did, and you know, Pope, so, uh, you know, preacher. But at least he got me excited when he talked about it. But uh, but I, I I did see the humor in it.
0: I think and look uh, I'm not producing the show or anything like that but I think uh it would have been um it would have been at least very interesting if they took a moment to to kind of do a segment where you know maybe they had uh, Allison Kay right because she's the resident uh long you know the the person who's been on the roster the longest that has had that world championship um and she could sit there and talk about it. Right. Well, I meant like she's a former women's world champion as well. But yeah, that's what I'm
1: saying. In other words, she's been the world's champion. She's been a tag team champion.
0: And maybe they could have just focused in on the Burke and she could have talked about why women's wrestling matters and why it's important and why we should continue to support it. And and, and not even like show Allison K. really, but just zoom in on the Burke. And or, or or have each woman say one thing that's important about women's wrestling. They're, they could have done this in so many different ways that would have been empowering as opposed to the Pope breaking it down for us. I thought it was hilarious, uh, but I really felt like they, they botched that one. And I don't know if that was intentional or not. If it was intentional, like my hat's off to you, Billy Corgan, for being a grade A asshole. If it was unintentional, it's like, How tone deaf is that uh, production company that they couldn't figure out that uh, uh, whether it's about empowerment, maybe a man shouldn't be speaking. All right. uh, I'll jump to the next segment. Um, uh, Here we, uh, before we get the next match, uh, we get Joe Galley giving us a rundown of the card. Again, another time where I kind of get, a little bothered by the production of the show because he mistakenly says that Kylan King will be in action taking on Max, the Impaler. Now we know from not only fights description of the show, but also, uh, you know, the, 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 all the publicity that's been on social media, it's not Kylan King versus Max, the Impaler. It's Kylan King versus, uh, uh, tie of Valkyrie for the number one contendership, and I feel like that little flub right that uh, towards the end of his show, uh, end of his comments about tonight's show, they could have just cut that off and, and shot to the crowd a little bit quicker or had him redub it, uh, you know, redub the audio and they could have fed it in on top of a, a panning shot of the audience. I feel like this is just again lazy, sloppy editing and, and this kind of stuff. Like it's the little things that matter to me. Clean this shit up, man! Like, why? Why is this still happening? I don't know why this makes the air, and it just makes the professional production look unprofessional.
1: Do well, you, and I think it? a trick two here, and I want Jaden's opinion on this, but I think this is something. If you're trying to sell a TV show to a network, I mean, you know, let's say they're negotiating with ESPN to be on ESPN six or Whatever. Uh, you know, then the question comes, if I'm an executive with ESPN, and I'm going and I'm watching, it's like, well, here, you know, I want to see your shows. Give me your, you know, give me access to, uh, you know, your stuff on fight and everything like that. If I'm sitting here watching, I'm like, how do you blow something like that and not covered up in post-production? Well, I mean, it was a tight shot, of the thing. It's not like we were looking at the ring and everything that was going on. That could have been as soon as that was done, it could have been a cut. Got the wrong person there. Yeah. You know, let's let's uh let's clean this up and you know start at X spot and we'll edit it in right. And it's just I mean don't you think that Putting out clean episodes, Jaden, would be important if you're negotiating for TV.
2: Yes, that's 1 billion percent important. I don't know why anybody thinks it wouldn't be. Uh, bad camera angles, hell, commentary, all that stuff is very important to people looking at in television because they're looking from a, from a production standpoint. They can care less if the storylines make sense didn't care less if the wrestling action looks great. They When they look at that stuff, they look at fan interaction, and most importantly, they look at the production values, and that's poor production value from top to bottom. Before Honestly, on, I know this will see sometimes somebody's favorite, but that um, Mae Valentine, her interview style may put off a lot of people perspective prospective television producers and would – if the producer says, "Okay, you're going to do the show, but we are may Valentine. She's got to be cut." Will Billy Cor gonna be willing to do such a thing?
0: I think
1: so. I, I mean, it, I think in a minute, in a heartbeat. Um, we'll find something else for you, May.
0: Yeah. Real quick, uh, before we go into the rest of the show, I want to say two things. First, uh, our pal, the suspect, says, "What do you guys think of Mercurio and Natalia and the stealing incident on the airplane?" I think I they think, should
2: have sent the guy to jail. They were too nice. Should yes. have him on a car.
0: He 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 literally like like speared him, clotheslined him to the ground. It was pretty awesome. Um, as someone who used to work in loss prevention, and it was very neutered as to what I could do, it was kind of cool to see somebody get their comeuppance for stealing some shit. Uh, the second part of it for me is. This is, man, I wish this show was taped monthly so that the NWA could have benefited from that opportunity. This is like, uh, okay, drop the Mercurio, drop it now. Brian Wood went out there, or excuse me, Brian Idol, excuse me. Uh, I said Brian Wood because he's Wooden and Laconic. Uh, Brian Idol went out there and uh, just did something pretty awesome. Let's talk about it and maybe even partner him and Natalia Markova as some sort of new power couple in the NWA to you know, play off of what happened in the media. Uh, I just feel like uh, it's just something that kind of sucks that they weren't there to do. Um,
1: well, and I think the biggest thing, I can't say that Mercurio's necessarily some, even though they gave him the win over Stanley, I don't know that he's someone that's been taken the most seriously and, uh, you know, on the show, but it just goes to show that these guys, you know, you don't want to mess with them. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't think just because wrestling is fake – that you stand a chance if you want to mess with them, you know they'll kick your ass.
2: I think Markova should have took him down. I think that would have been cooler.
0: I think she could have too. Have you seen her uh, in the I ring? Think she,
1: I think she, I think she had gotten there first, and then, I then not uh, expected her to stop stomp to start stomping him. But you know, at least
0: drop the elbow right, like a exactly. running elbow yeah. drop. Um, and then the other thing I want to say is uh, today is the birthday of somebody on the NWA roster. Uh, one, Christy Jane's. Uh, who's famously called CJ now as a partner with um, Magic Jake Jake Dumas. And I know Christy James watches this podcast all the time. So just want to wish her all her the best on her birthday today. Uh, Happy Happy birthday. birthday. Obviously, she doesn't watch the show, but I'm a big (laughs) fan. So I want to celebrate her. (laughs) All right, let's get back to the show.
1: We don't know that she doesn't.
0: I mean, look, she, she has tweeted and retweeted some of the things that i've typed before so maybe she is and if she is how you doing now anyway.
2: maybe you should be smart and mention that she was mentioned on this podcast for happy birthday in a tweet and and
1: at her maybe she will
0: no i'm totally gonna clip it later right and put it on on the uh, on the twitter machine
1: good old twitter machine
0: Yeah. All right. So back to the running results of the show. Then we get Kenzie page versus Casey Lennox. Now I always like to do the deep dives on the new debuting talent to give you an idea of who they are, where they came from. Uh, I had never heard of Casey Lennox before, but man, she looked great. Uh, Here's what I learned about her. Uh, She sometimes wrestles as Gabby Stevens. She has been wrestling for about five years under the tutelage of the team vision dojo, uh, which is Santana Garrett, and a uh, chasing and rants. I don't even know why rants is still allowed in the business, uh, but that's another conversation for another day. Uh, she mostly competes in the Florida area. She's a former ignite champion. Uh, she's a PPW diamonds champion and a USCW Southern women's champion. She's competed for shine uh, NXT, AEW dark. And in the last year, she's really broken out of her comfort zone, not just competing in Florida, but really all over the, the United States. So she's, she's starting to come into her own. It's the perfect time for the, the NWA to, to pick her up because uh, she's starting to get very, I guess, popular. She's, she's making the rounds. So this is the kind of talent I think the NWA wants, somebody that's already starting to establish a name that they can help bring more of an audience to the show. Uh, I really, uh, as much as I like seeing Casey Lennox, I think that the NWA should start using the USA platform to debut new talent until they figure out exactly what the difference between USA and power are. Um, but right now, I mean,
2: it's power R R R.
0: That was good. R-R-R. Uh, you know, I, I think unless you're like a superstar level talent, uh, you should probably make your debut debut on USA and be built up to be on power. I feel like that would just make more sense, but anyways, I digress. Well, you said
1: it would make sense.
0: Yeah, uh, Casey Lennox uh, early on exploits Kenzie Page's lower back. Lennox looks to be almost a foot taller than Page. Um, she gets uh, she gets Kenzie Page in the corner and just really goes off on her. It's pretty uh, unbridled, like hate type fighting, and it's funny because this is their first match. Um, Lennox manages to get in a lot of offense. Uh, but easily gets frustrated when she can't defeat Kenzie Page. And Kenzie just proves how resilient she is in the ring. Uh, Kenzie ends up winning with her version of the Jeff Jarrett stroke. I don't know what she calls that. Uh, But Lennox had a great look, a ton of upside, a really good debut. I I hope they decide to keep her around. I think she would fit in, especially if uh, Taryn Terrell ends up starting another stable of women. I I feel like maybe under the tutelage of Taryn Terrell would be a good spot for her. DK, what did you think of this match? What did you think of uh, Casey Lennox?
1: I uh, thought the match was good for what it was. It uh, wasn't great, but it was solid. And this is where I was first left confused that instead of defending the tag team title, we just had one of the tag team champions wrestling in the opening match for the empower episode. But just as far as the match is concerned, it was
0: good. Uh, and then Jane, you didn't watch it, so you didn't. You don't know. Are you familiar with Casey Lennox at all, Jane? Have you ever seen her before?
2: I have not, but I'm going to look her up just to see after this broadcast to see, or maybe I'll wait until the power chairs up on YouTube and I'll watch it.
0: She, she kind of her look kind of reminds me of. Uh, I don't know if you remember the old Nitro girls but she yeah. kind of looks like Tigress from the old Nitro Girls. Okay. Uh, she's a good-looking woman, like and she's built, well, she's built for the wrestling. Uh but like I said she Here's was over You like
1: remember the old, the old Nitro Girls?
0: I don't know. I used to <laughs> love the old Nitro Girls.
2: If Chase she's and Ranch Stranglers over 18?
0: Oh. <laughs> like I said that's a discussion for another show. Um one thing I did uh I also wanted to point out that uh you know She's so much. These? What's that?
1: Does your wife watch these?
0: No, of course not. Okay, just sure.
1: <laughs>
0: do you think anyone in my family supports me? No. Good boy. Uh,
2: I missed the one time the, back in the day when we used to hear your one daughter do the intro. You should yeah. bring her back.
0: Oh, she, she's eighteen now. Oh, she's almost eighteen now. She she ain't got time for this. I tried to get the little ones to jump on once, and they were like, "No, thanks, Dad." Like you guys want to be on YouTube, right? I got you YouTube. No thanks, Dad. All right.
1: No, they want to do something cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so, anyways, uh, getting you, you know, and I haven't said anything disrespectful, by the way. So don't so don't sit there and send messages to my wife. Damn it!
2: I think it's um, more like implying me. What's that? I think he's implying me.
0: Yeah. No,
1: implying. won't let you play with me, don't me anymore. a woman from <laughs> from 1997.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh gosh my uh my wife was still a child then anyways for reasons beyond me uh they have may in the back with the miserably faithful with a red light on during the segment now <laughs> being on tiktok for as long as i have that red light means something completely different i don't understand what they were trying to do was it make it more sinister i mean look they're They're led by the sinister minister. How much more sinister do they need to be? Uh, This is akin to having, you know, Paul Bear with an urn with a giant flashlight in it. Come on, man. Let's stop with the the dramatics. We get it. You're all a bunch of zombies. You're all a bunch of monsters. We all should be afraid of you, blah, blah, blah. Uh, The only one scary in the whole group is Max the Impaler. Uh, And it looks like she's officially joined the group. Father James is looking to conquer the women's division. And May obviously looks terrified in this segment. At one point, Judeus puts his hand on May's head and makes her stare into the eyes of Max the Impaler. Um, You know, this just was another like segment that didn't really make a lot of sense. You had all the cretins of the miserably faithful there. Um, It just, but it was all about Max the Impaler. So another. It sounds like they were
2: missing Sven Gulli.
0: Yeah. He was probably there too. It was a stupid segment.
1: If they wanted to do something, they just could have brought out James Mitchell and uh, Maxine Paylor. They didn't need everybody there. It didn't fit with the rest of the show. Uh, I'm getting, I don't like the way they're using uh, May right now, where she's bonding over Tyrus and something that from the... USA show, you know, they showed her fun and retire. Otison actually came across better this week, and uh, you know, just being shaky, scared, you know, during this, it it was sports entertainment, and I
0: don't I'm I'm okay with characters evolving and character development, um, but again, May's just. She's a backstage commentator. She's a journalist, a broadcast journalist. I don't know that she needs a gimmick, and she certainly doesn't need to be involved in angles. You know, like uh, they tried to put her in a match against uh, Natalia Markova a few months ago. Now she's in a relationship with Aaron Stevens. He's going to go meet her mom when they go back to Brazil in November. But then she's fawning over Tyrus and just being flat out disrespectful to 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 uh, uh, Odinson. And then this segment where she's treated like a like a, a scared child. But the whole thing is just weird to me. Just let her be a commentator. We don't need all this other shit. We don't. You know,
1: Mark Lawrence once said that Fritz von Eric told him when he was first applying for the job or first got the job or whatever on a permanent basis. He told him he goes he expected the wrestlers to show him the utmost respect in deference. deference, because if the wrestlers didn't take them seriously, how could the fans take them seriously? And it's kind of the same thing here. Let them, you know, let the announcers be announcers. Let the interviewers be interviewers. And stop all this crap. We're not going to see, nobody wants to see uh, Jack Stane versus Joe Galley, so stop that shit. We didn't want to see Joe Galley and Kyle Davis versus Nick Aldis. Stop that shit. Uh, you know, it's one thing when it's Tim Storm, who is semi-active, but just in general, let each group be what they are. Hey, hey, Jaden, does Dog have the wrestlers go beat up the ring
0: announcer?
2: I will... Patch did chase the ring announcer around the ring like George the Animal Steel. Does that count?
0: But that's different. though. That's kind of Patch's character just being like, zany. This isn't that. You know what I mean? Like Those guys, uh, Patch is just a wild man. And, and, yeah. and that's part of the gimmick. It's part of like who he is. He wasn't threatening to wrestle You know your announcer because your announcer said his name wrong. Patch yes. would have done that to anybody.
2: Guts and Patch is not going to be a match on Dangerous or John Wrestling Gladiators. And they're not that they're in any way, shape, or form trying to promote that. I think Patch just wanted to use them as a toothpick.
1: Which <laughs> sounds like a patch type thing. So yeah, I mean to a sense, if it fits the character, but just in just in general, you know, I don't think the dog rust and the ring announcer run errands. Or if there's commentary, I don't know if the commentary team runs you know angles with the wrestlers. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. Uh, okay. and it's stupid. What else happened? Because we're already at nine o'clock,
0: and I'm tired. All right. So let's let's not go too far into this. Um, so next up, we get uh, Ty of Valkyrie versus Kylan King in a number one contendership. Now, when I think of Kylan King, I always think she's like this absolute specimen of an athlete, right? Because she's they, they call her the Majesty of Muscles, right? She's a big girl. She's strong. She's built. Uh, very much in the same vein that I think of Camille, uh, or genocide, even right. Just very like beefy. Uh, but Taya, Taya doesn't shrink in the ring when she stands next to Kylan. In fact, Taya's is maybe even bigger than Kylan in terms of like mass. Uh, not in the not in a mean way, but in a very like athletic. Like she's built. Both women are built. Um,
1: she's got then, broad shoulders.
0: Yeah. This match might be a Taya's stiffest competition since joining the National Wrestling Alliance. And, you know, as I look at it the other way, it might be the stiffest competition that Kylan King has faced since joining the NWA. Um, Taya is currently the HOW Women's Champion, the XPW Women's Champion, the MLW Featherweight Champion, the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champion, a four-time Day Irenus Women's Champion, and briefly held the WSW Australian Women's Championship Uh, as part of that uh, series that they just recently had. So she's certainly the most celebrated competitor that Kylan Kings faced in the NWA. And this match is extremely competitive, which made me very happy. I didn't want to see Kylan get out there and get blown up, and I sure as hell didn't want to see Taya uh, take a whooping either. Um, Taya has great facials in this match. If you watch her, you look at her face, she sells her face in such a great way. Um, Where loca gets the win with the where lock, obviously Uh, connects quickly and has made the number one contender Uh, tie shows a ton of respect to Kylan post match. Um, And, you know, they do the whole handshake and, you know, celebratory pose and uh, tie gets a shot at the 74th anniversary show. Uh, This was such a good match and very competitive. Um, Like I said, I I didn't I didn't know how it was going to go, but I was very happy with the results. DK, what did you think?
1: Uh, yeah, I liked it, I, and I was even a little bit surprised because they seemed to be setting up more for the rematch between King and Camille, but I, this is just me. I'd much rather see uh, Taya Valkyrie, who, you know, I, I had seen her wrestle before pre-WWE, and I, I mean, I liked her, but I wasn't like a huge fan. And I don't know if it's because I felt so bad over the way WWE screwed her over, but I have so enjoyed her since she's come back to the you know indie circuit and everything. And I've enjoyed her matches in WWE and as you put it, she's a big athletic gal. She she's not she's not, you know, heavy or fat, but she but she is a stout woman.
2: There's an extra C in that thickness. That's
1: why. Yeah. And, uh, uh, she's a, you know, she, she a beautiful woman. And the thing about her, she's somebody who matches up with Camille in the sense that, you know, well, I said it when she was in the ring with Maxine Palin. Maxine Palin normally looks humongous compared to the other women in the ring. Against Tyus, she looked almost, you know, even. Yeah. And, and so this is someone who, in the reality of it, if you're watching the match between her and Camille, you wouldn't be surprised if she won. Now but, a, I'm not, I'm not there's there's a, expecting, but I wouldn't be surprised if Taya could beat Camille. You know, if Taya beat Camille, I wouldn't walk away going, "Oh wow!" You yeah.
2: there's a match that would really, really, really work out well with a build-up in a sports-oriented UFC-slash-HBO-boxing-style style buildup, because these are two women athletes with some great physical presence and a great physical size and some aesthetic appeal to them that can be used to build up um, in a right way with a great storyteller and a great production crew. Can make this match seem like the most important match in, that the NWA ever had for the women's division.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. And again, like, you know, we've talked about the, our pal Doty, he's not on tonight, but he says it all the time that the probably the best part of the NWA is a women's division. And I don't know if I've always agreed with that, but as of right now, like with Ty Valkyrie, Chelsea Green, uh, Camille, Kylan King, Genocide, Natalia Markova. I mean, it's it's pretty solid. It's it's kind of hard to debate that. And I look, I didn't even mention Allison K or Marty Bell, and they're in there too. I mean, it's a pretty pretty good division. And I I mean, look, I don't know that they can match, uh, you know, uh, pound for pound with the uh, Impact roster, but the fact that they share so many talents already, like, I I think the NWA women's division is one of the bright spots of the NWA.
2: Add Mickey James to that too while you're at it. And boy, I love the fact that DK was muted so I can get my words in. (inaudible) Uh, But yeah, add Mickey James to that also. And you got yourself a really talented roster. Maybe they should make him power part of the UNWA USA and just make that an all women's thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, if, if, again, if they, one of the things I think they should do. You know, if, if Jay was controlling things, I think that I would have, uh, you know, a quarterly special that's not a pay-per-view, that's only available on Fight. And it would be like an empowered episode of Power. An hour-long show just featuring women's matches. And that wouldn't take away from what they're doing on Power on the regular. It wouldn't take away what they're doing on USA on the regular. It was just something extra, again, for the for the fans that are watching the product. And, again, the the whole thing is is – Something that keeps coming up is that Fight TV has said that this is supposed to have exclusive content when you sign up for the program. And thus far, they have not done anything exclusive.
2: I like that idea. Uh, held the Empower pay-per-view was better than the uh, 72nd at the time?
0: What was that? 73rd. 73rd. 73rd? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I enjoyed that more than the 73rd pay-per-view. I almost enjoy as much as DK being on mute.
0: <laughs> Does he know he's on mute yet?
2: I don't notice if he notices yet.
0: DK, there you go. Hey, welcome back. Oh, man,
2: that ruined my night.
0: (laughs) He just put himself back on mute. I don't know if you guys can see that. I don't think they can see it.
2: They can't see that, but it's still hilarious that that it was happening.
0: So after that match, we get Billy Corgan. I had nothing to say. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. I've talked so much, I just skipped it you have anything else you want to add? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, disrespect I'm you. i I had nothing to say. All right. Uh, so next up, we get Billy Corgan on K103FM, the Jackie Ma Madhouse. That sounds so, like, Midwest. Any, anyone listen to that show? What state is that in? Uh, Billy does an interview. To state of about- denial. <laughs> Maybe this station doesn't even exist. I didn't even think about it. So I want to Google it real quick. Uh, Billy does an interview to speak about the title picture at the 74th. This was very similar to what he said on uh, busted open. Um, (laughs) He says that Corgan says that if Tyrus versus Trevor isn't a main event match, he doesn't know what it, he doesn't know what is. And I sat there. He's right. He
2: doesn't know what is.
0: (laughs) I said the same exact thing. Billy. You
2: write my material for me now.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Billy, come on, man. We're supposed to be the ones to say that. You're not supposed to say it about yourself. Uh, You know, and again, just echoing the comments that uh Nick Aldis made when he was on Busted Open. Hey, Tyrus, nothing against Tyrus. He's a great author. I hope he's putting, you know, tickets to the 74th anniversary in each book he sells because... Uh, and yeah, then will no have three
2: anymore. or four more tickets sold.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Billy kind of hypes up this match between Tyrus and uh, Trevor, which is not an easy task because I got to be honest, man, I do like the idea that it's something I haven't seen yet. But other than the fact that it's something new, there's not a whole lot bringing me to the excitement level. Um, Then Billy goes on to just tear down Nick Aldis, uh, and they're pushing this work very, very hard. DK, what did you think about this little interview with uh, Mr. Corgan?
1: Wow. Did he ever not sell me on that main event? I mean... I might have been more interested in it than I was before he started talking than I was. at <laughs> Billy, 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 Billy Boy, Billy Bob, William Patrick, whoever you are, doesn't really matter. Uh, I'm sorry. Even in his prime in WWE, Tyrus was not somebody who you're... You know, any fan was just into any more than the lower mid-card character than he was. And we know he's your boy. We know that's why he's been TV champion for over a year. And we know that you don't really give a damn
0: what we think.
1: Because you told us you don't.
0: He doesn't give an F, man.
1: So, I mean... You can stop trying to tell us how you know more than the rest of the world and you know more than the wrestling fans and everything because you've made it quite clear that, you know, you're the biggest brain. I mean, you are almost as smart as uh, Tony Khan, who goes on Twitter after Vince signs and declares himself the longest serving CEO in wrestling. Not in major wrestling or major promotions, but in wrestling, you know, forgetting the fact that even, you know, Kurt Bauer's been in charge of MLW forever. That, uh, what about Billy Corgan? Yeah, Billy yeah. Corgan's been in charge of the NWA since, what, 17? Uh, even what's his name at Impact? Uh, hasn't he been there as long as... Yeah, he'd been there. I don't know if
2: he considered CEO or anything like that. I mean, but
1: just the guy
0: in charge. I mean, but but I mean, like uh, I can't remember the guy's name. The AAA uh,
2: Antonio uh, Pena, I think he's dead.
0: uh, (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Uh, What about the CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling? I mean, let's be honest; they're the second biggest wrestling promotion in the United States. It's not AEW. It's it's New Japan. New Japan Strong. Uh, They run more than they run more than AEW, uh, and they've had bigger venues than AEW. So, um, but uh, I digress. Um, I, I don't. Know. I
1: just, you know, look. It
0: it wasn't good.
2: I thought it, of somebody. Doctor Zacconi has been a CEO for a while. There you go. Two thousand ten.
0: Dave Marquez since two thousand uh, what two thousand six? Forever and a
1: day. So anyway. Just, you know, Billy, you've proven you're so much superior to everybody else that you don't need to. Uh, I don't even know why you need to talk anymore. Because <laughs> uh,
2: Jay, know. how long have you been CEO of your finger of your figure promotion, your wrestling figure promotion?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't do that.
2: You're still playing with your Jack Specifics and your uh, and your AWA Remco's. And- I don't
0: call it Jack Specifics. I don't want to know that he
1: jacks, that he plays with Jacks, or that he jacks when he plays, whatever.
0: AWA Remco? Yeah.
2: Woo-hoo! The owner of Reclare's been champion for now, what,
0: 64 years? Hey, yeah. Jay, w- what so else it. happened on the show? Oh. <laughs> so May Valentine is in the back with Medusa, who, you know, is pulling d- double duty, Rick Rudy, uh on Tuesday night, and Allison Kay. Now, apparently, um, you know, this isn't the only night time you'll see Medusa if you're watching wrestling on Tuesday night. Uh, she announces that a TV title for the women uh, on the NWA program uh, while she's talking about on... Uh, NXT about bringing back the tag titles or figuring that out. I don't know. I didn't watch it, Uh, but by my count, and this is with the math that I came up with earlier, there are seven world titles in the national wrestling Alliance as it stands today. And that's, that's accounting the junior heavyweight, the heavyweight, the tag team and the women equivalent, the tag team and the women's world championships. That's seven titles for, Uh, seven world titles. And then with the national championship and the aforementioned U S tag team titles that will be crowned at the 74th, that's 10 titles. Then you add in the, the original TV title held by Tyrus and whoever wins the secondary TV title, the women's TV title uh, that now equals 12 championship belts. And uh, again, with my math, not being what it used to be, that's about 30% of the roster holding a title. I think that's far, far too much. I think there's way too many titles. However, Allison K is excited because she feels like Billy uh, is creating this division just to give her another title to win. And then it gets weird when Allison K asked if Medusa would be a part of the tournament, and Medusa just kind of smiled and and looked like lost in the camera. I don't, you know, I'm sure she was trying to be silly. It just came off as weird and a little creepy. Um, she wouldn't give an answer. Uh, DK, what did you think of this segment? Uh, yeah,
1: until the end, I thought it was okay. And, uh, yeah, uh, my main problem with this title is that so far, Billy's at least brought titles that were once known or established or popular. and He's just kind of created this TV title out of whole cloth. I'm trying to figure out what variation of the Burke he's going to do for it.
2: Maybe you should use the one Casey Carlyle held That'll be hilarious So that's a TV title
1: I, I think he should I'll mail it to him You'll have to pay the postage though I'd go broke otherwise And uh I mean I don't know It's hard to be excited because I'm not excited about The The title But sure maybe Allison K will win it And she'll be uh
2: Triple crown champion,
1: triple crown champion. And then and then we can get her belt like a Hague <laughs> well, If um, You don't know what I'm talking about. Google it.
0: Google is your friend. Uh, all right. So that's the end of uh, that segment. Let's move on. Um, oh, some comments real quick. Uh, Paladin, our pal Paladin, says TK was trolling to promote Rampage. Come on, guys. TK is a wrestling historian. He knows he isn't the oldest. Are you sure, Paladin? Are you sure about that? Uh, Willie Bowen (laughs) says chairs would break if Tyrus was in the booth. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Matthew Underwood says Rick's Rick's last match card is bigger than the 74th anniversary and SummerSlam. We said that last week on the show that it feels like that, that retirement match for Rick. Uh, regardless if you want to see him in the ring one last time, uh, that card looks stacked. And the fact that the only NWA representation is uh, uh, Mayweather who is now going by crimson, who used to be part of the Trump security detail. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of wish they would figure out a way to include more NWA talent, but again, it's not an NWA show. It's a Jim Crockett promotions event, you know, and if Billy wanted uh if Billy wanted to, he, he should have tried to work something out with JCP and, uh, and, uh, Rick Flair's uh, son, uh, uh, son-in-law. What's his name? Connor Conrad. Conrad. Yeah. It's
1: so gracious to announce that once the show's done, he's going to give the copyright to Jim Crockett and Promotions and JCP to the Crockett family. Yeah. Hey, at least
2: Jim Crockett Promotions lasted longer in wrestling than Vince McMahon apparently.
1: Kind of sad, isn't it, when you think about it? Poor Benny Mac.
0: Uh, and then Paladin says Rick may actually die in the ring. Uh, that thought has crossed my mind quite a bit, and I I don't think he would be upset if that happened. And then uh, Matthew Underwood says that Harry Smith is on that card. Yeah, but he's he's being doted doubt uh, doted. Uh, he's being called an MLW wrestler because he is uh, competing in what is the uh, MLW match with Hammerstone, right?
1: No, Ham- oh,
0: it's not Hammerstone, is it? Or is he facing Cross?
1: I, think I thought so. he was facing Karrion Cross.
0: Okay, yeah, my bad.
1: No, uh, it's it's funny because he hasn't wrestled in MLW for years
0: now. Well, what's funny is that neither one of those guys is a full time MLW wrestler, but they're calling in an MLW match.
1: Well, that just well. And, you know, here's the thing. What that tells you is that they think the MLW name carries more weight than the NWA name,
0: that more people will recognize it and know it. Or, hear me out here, or um, something happened between the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions or, or Conrad or whatever, and they couldn't work it out. And so instead of allowing themselves to be a part of the show, the NWA pull themselves out of it and to spike them, they're calling it MLW. I'm not saying any of that's real. I don't know. But like, it just seems like Dave Crockett was there for a Crockett cup. You know, he was there in attendance. He was even on commentary for a bit. And all of a sudden now that they're doing a a Ric Flair tribute show, calling it Jim Crockett promotions and uh, nowhere on the card is, is an NWA talent with the exception of Anthony Mayweather. I don't know.
2: So, uh Ricky and Kerry Morton are on the card.
0: But they're not specifying them as NWA talent. The only person they've put that NWA decal on is 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 Crimson. You know, Bully Ray's gonna be on the card too, but you know, you know, he's he's done more in the NWA in the last two months than uh Anthony Mayweather has. Um Okay, real quick, with these last few things, Paladin says, I actually want to see nine of the 11 matches, but not Rick's. Matthew Underwood says, Cross will make a hell of an NWA champion. And then uh, Paladin says, that impact is pushing Rick's last match hard. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I I haven't really kept up with the uh, pub- publicity for it. I know that Rick did some blading for it. I wasn't really a, a big fan of that. But moving on, we get the World Tag Team Championship match on power. They interrupt this... Uh, Heavy women's card. We need to put some menly men in there so we get the Dirty Sexy Boys taking on uh, the Commonwealth Connection. Now, we haven't seen the DSBs for a while. In fact, the last time we saw Dirty Dango and JTG on a card was about three months ago, four months ago. Um, this is They are the epitome of a 50-50 booking uh, tag team. They have victories over the Rude Dudes, Stevens and the Blue Mini from the Crocky Cup, and the Miserably Faithful. However, they have losses to the former champions, Kratos and Stevens, the Briscoes, and their opponents tonight, the Commonwealth Connection. Yeah, the last time they were on TV, they wrestled against Williams and Smith and lost. And like I said, that was like four months ago. Not sure why they were getting a shot at the titles. Uh, Again, these things should matter to the office. Wins and losses should matter. If you're going to put on a tag team match, if this is going to be an important thing, then this should this should have some continuity. You should have given DSB a, a cheap victory or two. Have them beat the Fixers. Have them beat the OGK. Have some reason for them to be getting this opportunity other than, well, they haven't been on TV for four months, so let's put them with the tag champions. just doesn't make sense to me. Um, they, they're out in the ring for about 30 seconds and I'm already tired of hearing velvet sky talk about dirty dango in his hips. Um, the match itself was actually pretty good. The DSB are exploiting the knees of Harry Smith. And I'm actually surprised at how smart they're wrestling because they're usually kind of goof goofs in the ring. they don't really, they don't really wrestle a very scientific style of wrestling. They're just try to pop the crowd most of the time. But this night they were really like trying to work over Harry. Uh, They split the ring up and normally you would think they'd go after the smaller guy. They went after the bigger guy and try to take him apart. Um, I just wish this match had a proper build to it Uh, with Harry taking all the heat, you know, he's efforting to get the tag to Doug. Doug makes the hot tag. He works on JTG and the fans just aren't reacting at all. And they only did two days of taping. Uh, in Nashville. So I don't know why the, the fans are so dead for this show because um, it, it reminds me of watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. Right now they have a uh, a thing where the fans aren't allowed to cheer because of COVID and you know the spreading of the molecules and all that stuff. So they just have to be quiet during the matches. And that's what it felt like right here. There was no reaction one way or the other. Um, JTG gets a back body suplex on Harry and that finally gets the crowd to pop. But outside of that, almost nothing. Um, but the match ends up going over when Harry uh, catches JTG on the top rope, connects with that running power slam for the victory, and, uh, you know, that was it, one, two, three. It really felt like the Commonwealth Connection were wrestling his heels with the the DSVs working his faces. DK, what did you think about this one? All right.
1: (laughs) So many ways to look at this. So many questions to ask. So, first question: Why was this on the Empowered show? Exactly. So it's—I just don't know. It's something totally out of place. that doesn't make sense on the show.
2: Because well, women need men to draw a crowd. Apparently, that's right. the message that that William Patrick Corrigan is trying to portray. That that without the men wrestlers on there, the women won't draw anybody. So he's doing them a time-honored tradition.
1: I guess. I mean, this ranks up there with Pope mansplaining. It didn't. It wasn't needed. And it didn't make sense. You could have put the women's tag team champions in there if you're gonna gonna do something. So that's the first thing. You know, this would have been a fine match if they had featured a tag team show. Yep. Okay. Except for who cared about this match? Nobody, um, as you said, we haven't seen we haven't seen Dango and uh, JTG in a while. They certainly haven't won anything important that would make you think that here's a chance of you know here's a chance that they'll win tonight. I mean, if I'm in the crowd, why do I care? I mean, wh- what have you given me to make this match in the least bit exciting? And then they work over Harry Smith and us. Honestly I gotta say, in this set of tapings, Harry Smith has not looked well. I don't know if he's working with an injury or what the deal is. Or maybe he's just getting too old or something. He I do not think he's looked as well as he normally looks. And so, but you know, they work him over. So probably the the one guy in here who you would probably want to get over as a you know, as a wrestler is the one that's taking all the abuse (laughs) and then the next thing is i didn't really care i mean i couldn't get into it there wasn't there was nothing exciting about the match it wasn't a bad match i mean i didn't sit there and go oh this is horrible and they're botching all these spots and you know it's boring it was just like they've given me nothing to want to watch this yeah and you know if I wasn't going to review it later in the week I wouldn't have watched it <laughs> you know who's going to win
0: and so it's funny
2: how when we were talking about the tag team uh the top eight tag team we didn't even count Dirty Dango
0: no why would we? They've been a non-factor. They're 50-50 booking. They've, they have as I many thought, losses as if they have wins.
2: I thought Dango was retired.
1: Well,
0: no, I, he said he was
1: retiring forever for two months.
2: Is his last name Funk?
1: Yes. Hey, Jay, we got about three minutes until we're at 2.30, so.
0: All right, well, let's try to wrap it up then. Uh, next up, we have uh, the women's match. Uh, and again, great matchup here, Camille versus Chelsea Green. Uh, These two have shared a ring now a few times under the NWA banner. This is their third go around uh, with the last one came at the Crockett cup. And of course the first one at the 73rd Uh, green received this opportunity because of the Corrigan Cardona clause, uh, that that conspiracy thing that gave every standing member of the family Cardona, a future shot at the world championship VSK unsuccessfully challenged homicide for the world junior title. uh, And Chelsea's got her shot at the Burke. No word yet on whether Myers or Knox have a shot down the road or if their shot was included with the race for the chase. Uh, This match is very competitive. Maybe uh, uh, Camille seemed very, um, not as strong as a champion as we've seen in the past. Uh, She's definitely looked a lot more winded than I'm used to seeing out of Camille. And it looked like she was struggling more in the ring than I'm used to seeing out of Camille. Uh, At one point she even reaches out to the fans for encouragement. And I don't think I've ever seen Camille do that before. Um, Again, I also dislike the fact that Matt Cardona is out there. Where is his manager's license? Uh, Again, continuity counts. They're just going to let anyone come out there now for any reason. It just doesn't make sense. Um, Also, during this match, I don't remember seeing Camille look so vulnerable. At one point, it appeared that Miss Cardona had actually beat her. In fact, she had that pin, and uh, Chelsea put her hand on the bottom rope for extra leverage I think she would have got away with it if Matt didn't put his hand on top for the extra leverage. The referee saw Matt put his hand on top, and that's what it called for the uh, the breakup of the pin. Otherwise, we might have a new world's uh, women's champion if that didn't happen. Uh, that causes a distraction enough for Chelsea to uh, not be paying attention to what Camille is doing, and Camille connects with the spear for the pin. Um, again, a, a lot more competitive than I thought it would be. Uh, I thought it was a good match, uh, probably one of Chelsea's best matches since being a part of the nwa um but i didn't think she was going to win going into this and i'm glad she didn't dk your thoughts
1: yeah i mean we weren't expecting her to win uh the match was not the best one that they've had but it was okay there were a couple of big botches in it uh the one leapfrog where the foot got caught sticks out in my mind that's true that's in in particular it, and they broke my cardinal rule when it comes to a botch, which it's only a botch if you don't acknowledge it. And they kind of they kind of like look like they didn't know what to do when it happened and then acted like it didn't. And so I don't know. I mean, was it a horrible show? No. Uh, did it have horrible matches? No. Did it have great matches? Not really. Did the booking make sense? Of course not. This NWA TV, you know. You know, TV show booking. Uh, Was the world women's match everything I hoped it'd be? Not really, but was it bad? No, I mean, there were elements of it I certainly enjoyed. And I like Chelsea Green. She's always seemed to bring out the best in Camille as far as their in-ring stuff. Uh, You know, best best angle in there, I want to see Valkyrie versus Camille. I thought they did a good job with that match. I didn't care about the tag team title match.
0: Speaking uh, of angles, I really liked the angle that they were shooting Powell the blaze from. That was a good angle. That was a very nice angle. <laughs> and, uh, you know,
1: shouldn't they have featured the tag team titles? Yes. Yeah, so maybe it was the day that lMV wasn't there. I don't know. Was in a was in the three way the week before it just, It's hard to enjoy the wrestling, even when it's good, when the booking's so bad. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think that's... You know, I I can almost enjoy bad wrestling with good booking more than I can enjoy good uh, good wrestling with horrible booking. But I'd rather have, you know, good booking and good wrestling.
0: I mean, is that too much to ask? Uh,
1: Apparently, since I don't know that there's a promotion out there currently doing that. But...
2: (laughs) I know one in New Jersey that's based out of Glassboro.
1: I know. Now, if only you could have two hours of time on TV for me to watch.
0: Well, you can check out their YouTube channel. They are putting up fresh content all the time. That's uh, YouTube.com. Just search for Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators or DAWG. A A lot of great matches that you guys should go out there. Not only watch those matches, but click, comment, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Our friends over there. Yeah, sure. too. our friends over at Dog put out a lot of great content. Their uh, events are some top tier events. Even Dave Scooby was at one of their uh, events uh, just a few months ago, and he said he had a great time. So uh, I really hope that uh, that you guys would all take advantage of that free content, free entertainment. And, I mean, these are the last two cards. They just put them up free of charge. You don't have to buy a DVD. You don't have to stream it. You just go to YouTube. Subscribe and, and check out the content that they put out there. I really think it's uh, the best bargain in pro wrestling today because it's free. Yeah,
2: Dave, Scooby, sure. I, Dave Scooby, I think you should show up on Saturday night, August 27th, at the Max Fit Sports Center located 240 Delsey Drive South in beautiful uptown rustic Glassboro, New Jersey, and see the Dangerous Adrenaline Wrestling Gladiators Heavyweight Championship match as the current new champion, Busky Eric Martin, takes on the alpha dog Adam Chandler. you also see an I Quit match with Ty Thomas taking on Nico's Rico, so it'll be an I Quit match. And just announced now the World Wrestling Grand Prix Championship will be on the line as Chris Steeler defends against Bill Bain. Bill Bain, a very respected veteran in this business, it's going to be a a different kind of challenge for Chris Steeler, and I'm looking forward to that. There'll be a lot of really, really talented professional wrestlers and, wait for it, Dave Dahl. Yeah. So make sure you come check it out. Dave Scooby and all of you fans of Dangerous to the Wrestling Gladiators and fans of the Alliance Guys and fans of the NWA and fans of Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And you might even see this guy that looks a lot like Ray Jazz, former dog champion. I think his name is Ray Jazikoff. I think he wants to be like Ray Jazz. He's been showing up on the, on the um, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood recently.
0: Real quick, before we uh, end the show, I got a chance to actually meet Ray Jazz uh, face-to-face. And it's weird because everyone backstage calls him Ray jazz except for one guy who calls him Ray Jazakoff and I it just every time I'm like what the hell man it just throws me uh, but it was cool seeing him in person uh, got to get a photo with that guy I was very happy to do that maybe one of these days I'll get to see him in New Jersey uh, hopefully in in the in the next next year hopefully uh, but that's gonna do it for us guys uh, Jaden I know you don't you're not on the socials but do you want to plug the dog socials?
2: Oh uh, yeah, go to all the go to www.dogprowrestling.com and the links are all there because that's the only way I know what they are because I have to go click on them myself because I don't have a a you a, a U Twitter or a a face uh face talk face, or anything like that. Face place. So make sure you go and check them out. But I do watch the YouTube because it's really, really good and you should too.
0: And then DK, how can they follow you?
1: Yeah, well, when I leave the house in the uh, day, just get in your car and follow my car. All right. Or go to at F W T X, probably anywhere and everywhere, but Twitter's about the only place where I do anything related to wrestling. Oh, by the way, if you want to see actual good wrestling instead of like, crap, watching most of the TV things, <laughs> should we point out that uh, the... U-17, Under-17 uh, World Amateur Championships are currently
0: going on in Rome. So All right.
1: So you can, you can follow some of
0: that stuff. If you're into combat sports, that's the way to go. Uh, of course, uh, we'll be back on Tuesday, and then the whole week starts again, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We are here to talk NWA with you. We are the Alliance, and until next time, we'll see you at the matches thanks for joining the stream this has been a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com we genuinely appreciate your support would you consider subscribing so you'll never miss a future episode i'd also like to remind you we do a live stream every tuesday at 5 p.m for nwa power you can find us on social media at the alliance blog and until next time we are the alliance